Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Are y'all ready for the fire talk? Low down on the bridge and uplift the dialogue. Oh, yeah. Listen right along, this is straight off the press. The remix fresh with no prior song. Oh. Supplying y'all with the certified thoughtful. Yeah. To give a piece to the feast, it's time to call blow. Yeah. The raspberry wind is fragrant, and flavorful. Insatiable eardrums taste the radio. Here can't be beat the class you need. Better leave all your drawers and all have the week. What? Positive or motivational strategy. Successful guests promote a self mastery. Blocktalkradio.com slash the remix. Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern Support the sister with a great reason I must insist, don't miss it this evening Beach man Greetings, everyone. I want to say welcome, 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 welcome to the remix. I am your host, of course, Miss Blue, the Oracle, and uh, you are live in the remix. I want to say peace and greetings to everyone out there listening, no matter where in the world you're listening from. Welcome. Welcome to Planet Remix, and uh, I am so glad to have you guys join me here live in the forum tonight. Ah, we definitely got a lot of things that we're going to be covering here tonight live on Planet Remix. And I want to invite you guys to definitely come on over and um, and join us here. So the first thing I want to give out is let me give out the call-in number. And so if you're out there listening, no matter where in the world you're listening from, uh, you are certainly free to come on over. Hop on the phone lines if you would like to. Uh, Simply dial 515-605-9794. And that's going to get you locked into the remix. Or you can actually join us in the blue room and the blue room is open. Uh, So um, hmm. you can go over to uh, the blue room. Let me give you those cosmic directions. uh, So you can join us over there in the blue room. Just simply go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the remix, all one word. And that's going to get you locked into the Blue Room. Now, once you're inside the Blue Room, all you have to do is click the link that says sign up down at the bottom. Tell us who you are. And just like that, you'll be able to come on over and join us in chat. And we'd love to have you join us over uh, in the Blue Room chatting with us. The Remix family is in the house. Uh, Kalimar is in the house, definitely there to make you guys feel welcome along with the rest of the Remix family getting themselves situated there. Uh, so you can go over and you can join us. Join us join us in the Blue Room. We'd love to have you. Now, also tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Feng Shui Ancient Art, uh, which is one of my absolute favorite subjects to talk about. I'm totally obsessed with feng shui. I love it. 
use it every single day and love to play with the elements of feng shui. Uh, so in this share here in the cipher, we're going to be talking about feng shui as well as doing some things that you can start to implement in your life right now today. And I think it's a perfect time for us to be able to do this, uh, implement these things of feng shui. Yeah. How cool is that, right? So, hmm. so the first thing that we're going to do is I want to remind you that you can go over to the Remix Radio page over on Facebook, uh, which is really a great place for you to go because I've put something very special up there for you to download, download, download uh, that you'll actually be using tonight in the share. And that is going to be a Bagua map. Now, have no worries if you know nothing, absolutely nothing about what a Bagua map is, because we're going to be covering that as well. Uh, but you can go over to the Remix Radio page, just click like and go down underneath the show, click the link where it says Bagua map and uh, little funky feng sway. Uh, you'll see that there and download that and keep it with you or take some really good notes tonight during the share. Now, this share is a combination of feng shui shows that I've done starting in 2010 and all the way up to 2013. Why this show is significant, because one, I think it is a beautiful way for us to go back and do that reflection. And this time of the year, it is perfect for us to go in and do some feng shui on our homes, on our lives, on ourselves, and really just understand how energy, how magic moves through us and moves through our sacred spaces. I was watching, I believe it was the news the other day, and they were talking about during this particular time of the year, for most of us on the planet, particularly those of us in the Western Hemisphere, that it is hurricane and tornado season. And they have already begun to start picking the names for tornadoes and hurricanes, which is interesting. Now, the good news is this is an opportunity for us to be able to look and see how the energy is flowing. And so when you look outside and you look at the clouds that are up in the sky, the same energy that moves those clouds across the sky, the same energy that causes the trees to blow and the flowers and the wind is the same energy that is flowing through you and flowing through me and also flowing through your sacred spaces. So Spirit just put it upon me that this would be a beautiful time for us to kind of go over this and cover these things here tonight. By the way, amazing readings this week. So I want to send love out to all the brothers and sisters that had their readings with me this week. And uh, I trust that all of you are doing wonderful and beautiful in your own light uh, where you are. So good morning, good night, and just so glad to have so many of you guys on the phone lines. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get some calls in, but I want us to really kind of go through this and talk about Feng Shui and listen to this. So we're going to be listening to some Baby Blue. I want to say shots out to the whole family first. 
So shouts out to the whole family. Shouts out to the whole family, uh, to everyone. And definitely want to do this. Want to ring the bell, ring the bell for self-invested. Uh, for self-invested. Want to ring the bell for everyone who's in self-invested, who's been self-invested. And those of you who are just super duper excited, like myself and Brother Bilal, about coming on and joining us in Self-Invested again. And for some of you, it will be the very first time that you're experiencing the Self-Invested Workshop. Again, we will start to send those invitations out with details. So for those of you who are interested in being a part of Self-Invested and you want to find out more because we'll do some shows to talk about more and we'll do all of that cool stuff. Absolutely all of that cool stuff uh, coming up. And very, very soon we'll be talking about it. Me and Brother Bilal was talking about that today, actually, and how excited we are uh, just for all the things coming in uh, with self-invested. So send those emails, question, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N, the number four blue at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's going to get you locked in. That's going to get you connected. Uh, so you can find out that information, not only how to get in touch with me, but also so that you can... Um, yeah, also so you can find out details about becoming self-invested. So shout out to all of our self-invested family. Um, <laughs> just want to send you guys so much love, um, so much love out there uh, to all of you guys um, uh, all over, all over Planet Remix out there listening uh, as we continue here live in the forum. Again, I want to invite you, invite you over to social media. Uh, Remix page. Go to the Remix page on Remix on Facebook. Just click like, download that, um, download the Bagua map that is there. Be chiming out off during the show because we want to hear from you uh, as we get into this. So we're going to listen to some baby blue. Going to listen to some baby blue. Yeah. La 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 la. The remix. Hey, this is Baby Blue, and remember, if nothing else moves you, life will. So true. If nothing else moves you, life will. Say it with me. If nothing else moves you, life will. If nothing else moves you, life will. If nothing else moves you, life will. So true. So we're going to jam to this um, real um, beautiful energy this 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 weekend here uh, as we get ready to get into Feng Shui. And we're going to be talking about in this first half a lot about the history of Feng Shui, going over that. And so, um, yeah, let's listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's a vibe. She wanna vibe. That's a vibe. Yeah. Uh. That's a vibe. 
get some vibe. That's a vibe. That's a vibe, oh it's a vibe, and that's a vibe, yeah, that's a vibe, she want a vibe, that's a vibe, yeah, 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 that's a vibe, she want a vibe, that's a vibe, it's a vibe, yeah, yeah, late night, oh it's a vibe, let me slide, oh it's a vibe, yeah, yeah, dim the lights, it's a vibe, yeah. Get high. It's a vibe. Oh, it's a vibe, yeah. It's a vibe. Don't you lie. Your pussy dripping, gushing, dripping down your thighs. It's a vibe. Get high. Digging deep while I'm looking in your eyes. Vibe is the So I got the ambience, it's where I want it And if you get paid, it's solely based on your performance My ego is enormous like my crib in California If you ain't got no heart, man, you're gonna need a donut Now I said I'm from the corner of the ATL Well, we got that clientele, avoid paper trails Broke so many bills down that I'm shell shocked A hell Glock sold rocks by the mailbox Got a vibe, make a yellow chick turn the neck Got a vibe, make a cougar wanna spend a check Got a vibe, make an Asian wanna botch Got a vibe, make a Italian want Versace Carbon copies get declined, I'm the pioneer Beat that pussy up, I need riot gear Any volunteers, gas in a ziplock Now that's loud and clear, this one out of here This is our year That's the vibe, that's the vibe That's the vibe that's a vibe, yeah, yeah, that's a vibe It's a vibe, it's a vibe That's a vibe, yeah, yeah, it's a vibe Am I your type? Pussy tight Maybe I'll spend the night, yeah, yeah That's a vibe, what's it, what's it, why? That's the type of shit I like, yeah, yeah That's a vibe, it's a vibe That's a vibe, oh, it's a vibe, yeah, yeah it's five, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are live on Planet Remix, listening to That's a Vibe. Uh, definitely want to send shout out and much love to all of Planet Remix, no matter where in the world you're listening to. So shout out to the whole family out there. West Coast, shout out to Brother Dietrich and also to Esther holding it down as well. Much love out to Sister Munya holding it down. And of course... We rang the bell for self-invested, so sending love out uh, to the whole self-invested crew as well, uh, listening in. Uh, also to Baby Nai Nai and, the, and, and her brother Tiwi as well, all the babies out there, all the children uh, out there as well. New listeners alike. 
Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I know you're out there to the seen and the unseen, to Brother Bilal and the whole family out there holding it down. Dr. Banks uh, putting in some work as well on the East Coast, sending him love also. And to all of Planet Remix, um, the whole family, Brother Jerome, everybody out there, to all of you guys, Kalimar, I of Kim and Erica, um, OT, you know, all of you guys in the chat room, Alex, everyone, and uh, all of you guys who are on the phone lines from all over the world. So, of course, you know, I'm your host, of course, Miss Blue, the Oracle. And so tonight we're going to be listening to Feng Shui Ancient Art. We're going to be listening to part one and part two. Uh, part two will be going over the Bhagwan map. Now, this is a combination of shows that I did starting in 2010, but I can assure you it is the vibe. It is the energy. It is right for us to be doing this tonight. And then later on here tonight in the share, we'll open it up for some questions uh, as we, uh, yeah, get into the share and get ready to cover this. So here we go, you guys. Let's get it. Well, we're going to get ready to get into the show. want to say peace and greetings and welcome to everyone who's joining us here live in the forum tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the ancient art of feng shui. Um, taking a look at some of the basic principles, this will just be sort of one of those introduction shows that we do on Feng Shui and kind of take it from here. Uh, you guys, I'll be looking for your feedback as well, too. So uh, <laughs> just want to uh, just want to say peace and greetings to everybody. Welcome. Let's go ahead. Uh, let's get into the share. Hey, who knows what's going to happen? It's the remix. Peace. Peace and greetings, everyone. Hi, I'm Miss Blue, and you are live in the remix. In this session of the remix, we're going to be talking about the ancient art of feng shui and exactly what feng shui is. We're going to be talking about sacred spaces and actually many different things about how you can begin to use your home, your apartment, your room, where you live as a transmission statement. Also, how you can open up channels in your living space to really sort of be a collection point of energy. We'll also be talking about how to find um, some of the hidden messages that are left in your home. We'll be also taking a look at and also going through um, sort of a session where we do some shape shifting, and that's going to be pretty cool. Now, first, let's just start a little bit with the history. What exactly is feng shui? Well, if you take the word feng shui and translate it, literally the translation means wind, and water, which refers to how the wind sort of depresses the chi or the energy, the chi energy, while water really kind of absorbs, retain, and sort of kind of stalls the chi. And what this does is it encourages harmony with the winds and the water of the earth to promote health and prosperity. Now. I'll tell you a couple of things feng shui is not because I've heard this. Feng shui is not just about cleaning your house. Even though they're, the clearing part is really sort of kind of a, what you would call a prereq to begin to do some of the sacred work that goes on in your home to really kind of make your home sort of that sanctuary, you know, or that place that we can go and really find positive energy. But it is 
about really just understanding. Feng Shui is actually an ancient Chinese art. It's a science and also a skill. Now, it's not a religion and it's not a superstition because a lot of people tend to coin Feng Shui as a superstition as they do when it comes to different traditions that come from the African, um, our African spirituality system as well too. But we know these things to be true, um, tried and tested. It is a science and the same thing with Feng Shui. Now what's interesting about Feng Shui, I've always had a very, very strong interest in Feng Shui, finding out exactly more and more about it throughout my life, even in my early teenage years, I became very, very intrigued with the art, I guess you could say, the science and the skill of Feng Shui. Now here's some things I've since found out about Feng Shui. One, it is a science that actually started with our people. And I'm going to talk about a little bit, and one of the places that it's going to take me back to is actually to the Zulu tribe. Now this is very interesting because a lot of the similarities that you're going to see when we're dealing with some of these practices in space clearing and in feng shui, you're going to also see these things in traditional African systems as well. The important thing here is really how to use your home, your sacred space as that place of elevation. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm talking about really, really how our house, where we live, is more than just a place that we go and sort of kind of retreat ourselves to. You know, you can think of it this way. Our body is a temple and our house is a temple as well. Even when we begin to think about how our ancestors seen sort of that um, correlation between our sacred space and also ourselves. We can go back and think about the Temple of Luxor, or otherwise known as the Temple of Man. Um, and in this particular temple, you know that everything is laid out according to how man is. When having a discussion, actually I believe it was Brother Ogun I was having the discussion of, and talking about the Temple of Lux Luxor, and really what was the purpose of it? You know, why was it so important to build sort of the structure? this temple of man. Why was this important? And the reason that it was actually important to do because, and as Brother Ogun explained it, it was the place where man could go and study himself within himself. So knowing that, that is some of the basic principles that Feng Shui was actually founded off of. And so a lot of times when doing sessions and talking to people, one of the things that I see is sometimes there is a disconnect between our sacred space, our home, and also ourselves. And so what we'll be talking about today and coming from this perspective of Feng Shui is really how everything that is in your home, absolutely everything from the carpet, from the candles, from the clothes in the corner, you know, from the dirty clothes in the laundry basket, from the dishes in the sink, from the food in the refrigerator is connected to you. Every single part of that is a reflection of you. Now one of the things that Carl Judd said that I found to be very, very interesting was this, that everything in the unconscious really seeks an outward manifestation. And this really explains the principle um, of why we are continuously projecting our subconscious beliefs and feelings onto our home. You can walk into anybody's house, 
And when you begin to look around, it's going to say a lot about the person, not only the person who lives there, but what is going on in that particular house. Have you ever walked to an, into a room and instantly, instantly, as soon as you walked in the room, you can tell that either there was an argument or there was some disagreement that was going on in that particular um, space. Whether it's a, you walk into your office, you know, as a brother once said to me, um, <laughs> brother Tony said to me, he often goes into his job and when he goes to work, he'll say, hey, who disturbed the feng shui up in here? Meaning, who changed the energy? Because you can feel it. Have you ever walked into a room and then instantly just felt the sense of overjoy and the energy and the flow? It's like this sometimes when you even are coming into the remix. You can feel that same energy. Now, all living things are interconnected with the universe and nature. So everything is influenced by what they call the yang, which is sun or light, or influenced by the yin, which is darkness or rain. So the responsibility of feng shui, or when you're doing feng shui, is to keep external and internal spaces aligned with the forces of nature. So when dealing with feng shui, there are five elements. And we'll talk about some of these elements. In this session, I don't think we're going to get to get to a lot of them. But I'm going to give you this information because you can research it, you can Google it on your own, and find a lot out. The five elements that you're really trying to keep in alignment is going to be wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. So all of these elements, really kind of keeping them in sort of a harmonious state, is the goal of feng shui. Now, we're going to take a different position of this. We're going to begin to look at feng shui from the position of you, from the position of being a mirror. Because one of the things that um, I found it interesting when we begin to look at the feng shui, feng shui is also that process that affects the inner landscape as much as it affects our physical environment. And so really, in order for your spirit to be nourished by the enhancements that you make in your home, the first place that you have to start is you have to begin to look inward. So this takes us back to all of the principles, especially when it comes to the comedic teachings, when it comes to the metaphysical teachings, and a lot of the other sciences out there. It's about know thyself, and feng shui is no different. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at as we continue to talk about feng shui here in the remix. So let's continue. So now, let's take a look at it from this position, and we're going to start with your house, your apartment, your room, wherever it is, wherever it is, excuse me, that you have your sacred space. This is what we're going to be talking about. One of the things that's for sure, and this is something that has been clear, and you can research this as well, is that your home is really an extension of who you are. So really you can begin to look at it like our homes are really a mirror of ourselves. You understand? Our homes are really where you can sort of kind of have that interface between, it, it's sort of, well, I guess you can look at it this way. It's kind of like the bridge of the inner universe of you and the outer universe, and really the crossing point between two different realities. So really, a lot of times, the threshold or the entranceway of your house is looked at, excuse me, is looked at as an altar. 
it is the place where the outer and the inner world, where that separation is, but where they actually meet. When you come inside your home, you are actually coming into the altar, the home being symbolic of that whole altar. Some of the things that you can do or your home can actually be this template for is it can be a place of renewal. You know, when I come home and it's been a long day, it is my place of renewal. It's a place for you to recharge, you know, a place of peace in times of chaos, you know, a place of healing. It's a place also for strength where you can gather your strength from. Your home is also a temple or it should be a temple for harmony. The temple should be filled with harmony, harmony as well. It is a template. It is a template that you can set up and you can really build that template to be exactly what you want it to be. It's a place where everyone who lives there, as well as anybody who comes to your house, whether it be your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, the girl up the street, the guy you met in the bookstore, wherever where they can actually come and step into your temple, step into your home, and really, really step up to a higher level of spiritual frequency. Yes, this is what the home should be. And some of the first things that you have to do is really begin to examine and just kind of ask yourself the question, what does your home mean to you? You know, what does your house mean to you? Is it a place that you just go and you kind of lay your head? You know, is it just sort of this space? Is it really this sacred space? What is it to you? Really to begin to take a look at that and really ask yourself that question. Once you begin to do that, you can look around and you'll begin to see some of the hidden symbols and discover what you can sort of kind of be revealed about you in your home. When someone walks through your home, they can pick up a lot about your likes, your dislikes, things about you that you tell people, and things about you that you don't tell people. We can look at it from the perspective of whenever someone commits a crime or something happens and they're looking for someone and they're looking for clues. When the detectives come in the home or even if there is a murder or something committed and the forensic team comes in, they are looking at things that normally people would not look because they understand that these are really, really symbols about who you are. It really is our giant altar. It is a reflection of who we are, what's important to us, what matters to us. And so we can say whatever we want to say about our house, but it is a reflection of us. And we're going to talk about seeing these things really on a different level and showing how they're really, really just connected to you from all different angles. Now, there have been many teachings on Feng Shui, and you can almost just about Google it. You can go to the bookstore. Um, you can go to any Barnes and Nobles. You can go to Amazon Books, and you'll find tons of books about your house. You can find tons of books on Feng Shui coming from many different perspectives. But we're going to be talking about it from this perspective. And at the end, I'm going to give you some references of some very good books that have been helpful for me, and I'm sure they'll be helpful for you so that you, if you're interested in diving further into this topic of feng shui, you can begin to uh, do some research here and find some more information out. Now, we're going to talk about right now how objects in your home have an influence on you. So 
we understand that everything, it kind of works with the laws of attraction. All of this, everything, where you live, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, the sloppy, the clean, the neat, everything is really a reflection of you. But now we're going to talk about how these things, these objects, have an influence on you. The objects or the materials that surround you, what they do is they actually create a bridge between the different forms and spirit. That is the connection between you. Because objects in your environment really, really can have a profound effect on you in many ways. Now, a lot of feng shui practitioners have their own sort of kind of perspective about how objects really can influence you. I'm going to throw out a couple of ideas out there about how objects can actually influence you. Here's one way that objects um, influence you, objects in your home influence you through symbolism because symbolism the symbols of things in your home what they do is they shape and they sort of reinforce your your identity they either are reinforcing your identity in a positive way or it's reinforcing your um, identity in a naked in a negative way so either way objects in your home is either going to reinforce who you are in a positive way or reinforce who you are in a negative way. The second reason is because objects in our home really reveal aspects of our inner world. If you often want to know what's going on with a person, you can look at their home. A lot of times when I'm doing sort of kind of face-to-face -face work for people and I actually get the opportunity to go into their house, I can do a reading on them in their home. Feng Shui is just as real as getting a reading. It's just as real as somebody taking your birth chart and beginning to map that out from your birth chart and tell you things about yourself. So it's very, very real. And so the third way it can have an influence on you is that the things in your home can be sort of kind of a vehicle um, for realizing your potential. How often have you heard someone say that, where they're living, they just don't feel inspired. You know, it seems like their energy goes down. And that's going to be key because as we begin to get into some of the exercises, that's one of the things we're going to be taking a look at. Do the things in your home make your energy level go up or does it make your energy level go down? It's something very, very real to begin to take a look at. Now here's something else that you're going to find very interesting about feng shui. Not only do these objects have an influence on you, but um, your home is, if you look at it this way, and this was something that I read, your home is really filled with the metaphor of your life. Your belongings not only reflect your value, but they are constantly, constantly shaping who you are constantly shaping you into who you are every step of the way and this is true whether you're unaware of the significance it has to you or not and we're going to see that we're actually you're going to be able to prove that to yourself as we continue what's key to to just understanding about how things can influence us and we know that we can be influenced by so many different things 
I'll give you a scenario just talking about feng shui and understanding that it is wind and water, the translation. Think about how much energy is constantly flowing through our bodies, millions upon millions of different uh, molecules that flow through our body every single day, and we're unaware of it, but it has an effect on us. We know that our body is made up of two-thirds percent of water, if not more than that, and how that is impactive to us. Dr. Emoto did a lot of work on the studies of water, and a lot of studies of water, we know it from its purification um, things. Our ancestors talked about that and the spiritual connection with water and also its connection with emotions. So this is really taking some of those same principles and really understanding it in that way. Things, the things that sort of um, are surrounding you in your home serve as sort of a, a subliminal reminder of who you are. And this is why a lot of times what is the first thing that they tell you, especially when someone is, is, is living in a very bad environment, that you either have to change that environment or get out of it. See something else. Go do something else. Look at a different environment. Because if you, these things have an impact on you, whether you know it or not. And your environment, unlike many things in this reality, your environment doesn't lie. So when you take a look at your house, when you take a look at your room, when you begin to take a look at your closet, when you begin to take a look at your drawer, these things are really, really sending you messages about who you really are. And it's very, very real. Very, very real. Now here's the good news. <laughs> here's some good news about it. You can take these things. You can use you can use the items in your environment to really help you release any type of limited beliefs that you have about yourself and your world. You really can. So in a sense, you can change your bedroom set and change your life. You can change your living room and change your life. You can change things in your kitchen and change your life. You know, you can change things and change your life. And we're going to be talking about this. So begin to look at this really from the perspective of understanding how we can channel this energy and really, really kind of raise what they call the astral light in your house. So it does become sort of that portal or that transmission statement so that you can bring in positive chi or positive energy into that environment so that it helps you continue to raise not only your consciousness but also help to raise your spiritual energy as well. So the first step that you have to begin to do here is really start to take a look at yourself and really begin to examine and find out or identify those negative inner beliefs and then what you can do you can begin to look around your house and find what the representative as you know what is me saying that I'm not good enough where does that show up in my house you know where does it show that um, I have to work hard for things how does that show up and we're going to get into some more examples there but once you do that, once you've identified those things and find them in your house or how they're represented in your house, then what you can do is you actually can begin to make the changes in your home. And they can become sort of like a powerful affirmation of who you want to be or who you truly are for that particular matter. 
And this is going to be almost a thousand times strong as just using an affirmation by itself. Affirmations are excellent and they work. I give them a lot out in my sessions. But one of the things that we have to remember, because this is something that our ancestors knew, and you guys, we know this too, is that our homes are really an extension of who we are. So we can't just stop with ourselves. We have to really take care of those things that are close to us, where, where our sacred space is, where we lay our head, where we rest. All of these things are important to make sure that we're including this in our transformation process in order for us to transform fully. So affirmations, as I was saying, is very, very important. And you can spend a lot of times a day working on affirmations. But affirmations really don't help if you're living in an environment that really just causes your energy level to go down. That has to be changed too in order for that to just be more of a holistic approach to making things effective. In Queen Afua's book, Heal Thyself, she talks about the significance of the kitchen and talks about the significance of the family room and things that you can begin to incorporate, you know, bringing in those things of sight, um, those things of smell, those things of sound, so that you can raise sort of vibration in your home because sacred spaces are, are really, really uh, very powerful and they're a place that we can be used to rejuvenate ourselves. So that's a great, excellent book too for many different things, but definitely Heal Thyself you want to take a look at as well. So really the recommendation is this, and we'll talk about some specifics as we continue to go along, but it is to first find out what the affirmation is in your life that you're dealing with, because you're still going to deal with yourself. And then you're going to begin to really make sure that your space where you live reinforces that. So for instance, if you're doing an affirmation on abundance, let's say, and you need to have more abundance in your life. Really ask yourself the question and look around. Does your environment support that? Now, let me be clear about what I'm speaking about. I'm not talking about having the big screen TV. I'm not talking about, um, <laughs> I'm not talking about having sort of the king size bed with 100 pillows on it. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about when you walk in your environment. Is the feng shui, or a.k.a. the feeling, is the feeling that you're working towards abundance? Does it make your energy go up, or does it make your energy go down? Because this is very, very key. Because prosperity will not have the same association, of course, we know with everyone. But it cannot thrive, your energy cannot thrive in a space that is not conducive to what it is you're trying to manifest. You understand? It just doesn't happen. You know, around the holiday times, you may remember this, um, and some of you may still be doing this, but around the holiday time, it is about that feeling, and everyone wants to get into that feeling, maybe putting on some music, you know. Your mother may be in the kitchen cooking, and she may have to have a certain song on or a certain record. You know, it's, it's certain kind of smells that are associated with it, and all of these things coming together is what makes this sort of kind of transform into magic. And that's the same thing when we begin to get into really taking the feng shui to the next level. So know that everything that is around you 
or that we surround ourselves with. This is not sort of some random act. Whether someone gave you something, whether it was on sale, you have it for a reason. We're going to take a moment and talk about attachments and how we can begin to use the laws of attraction for us understanding things and also about the letting go process or what, what is called um, sort of the clearing, which is almost what should be done sort of in the first steps of what you have to do before you actually get into really understanding some more principles of feng shui. And so what we're going to be talking about is different things that are going on in your home, how they're associated with you on a subconscious level, and really some of the things that you can do to begin to change that. But right now we're going to get into attachments and showing how we have attachments to different objects and to different things in our homes and how this symbolically represents that attachment within us. So now we're going to talk about different attachments. We really kind of assign meaning to everything. Everything has a meaning. And really, it really, everything has a deeper meaning. We're going to talk about attachments a little bit of how we can sort of kind of cling ourselves to certain things that are in our house um, that is around us, those things that are a part of who we are and why it's important to understand what the true meaning is behind things that we've attached ourselves to because it is more than. Everything is more than just. Um, for instance, let's take for instance, you may have a couch that's in your house and depending upon who gave you the couch, who was the person who bought it for you, you know, these things have different meanings to you and they carry different energy. Everything we know has energy, everything and uh, really has its own inner energy. Some would say its own spirit. And so often we give it energy. We give life to it. We give it a purpose. And you can see this symbolism all throughout your home. For instance, you know, you may have clothes in your closet. You may have clothes in your closet that you haven't worn in two or three years. You may have that red sweater. And that red sweater has been sitting there for four years, but you're keeping that red sweater because that was the red sweater that your mother gave you when you graduated from high school or maybe when you were entering into college. Um, or maybe that was a red sweater that you got when you didn't have any other sweater. So it has a meaning. It has a deeper meaning to you. So, for instance, that red sweater, when you look at it, it you get a certain level of energy from it. And so two things happen. Either it makes your energy go up or it makes your energy go down. Ladies, you can attest to this. Well, maybe some of you can and maybe you can't. You may have that particular favorite outfit or maybe those particular pink panties that you so love. And even though sometimes these pink panties may look like they need to be, you need to get rid of them, you're still hanging on to them because you remember the first day you put those pink panties on. You remember the first day that, you know, you was hanging out with Tony and he told you he just loved you in those pink panties. And so those pink panties, no matter how raggedy they get, no matter what they look like, they're always going to have a special place in your heart and you're going to hold on to them pink panties. 
same thing, fellas, too. Don't want to leave you out. You hold on to things, too. So whether it's that jacket, it doesn't matter. That could be the jacket that, you know, you was the coolest guy on the block. It was You was the coolest guy in high school. So you kept that jacket because that jacket carries those memories. It gives you sort of a sense of identity and identifies with who you were then and also who you are now and who you still want to become. And so we keep these things around. I know we're talking about clothes, but it works the same way. Um, one of the <laughs> funnier things I can tell you, and everybody has somebody in their family that does this, we get these attachments to different objects, and, and sometimes we become totally unconscious to why we're keeping something. Have you ever went over someone's house, and they have this television set, right? They have this television set. It may be, and I don't even know, some of you may be too young to even know what this is, but they have like a Curtis Mathis <laughs> television set, right? And the Curtis Mathis doesn't work anymore. It's one of those television sets, for those of you who may not know, it looks like a piece of furniture. And on the inside, because we had several of them, my parents were big Curtis Mathis people, fans. They loved them. When you open them up, they sort of were like the Cadillac of um, entertainment systems, I guess you could say. When you lift it up, it had a radio in the inside. Some of them had uh, record, um, the, what do you call them, record players. Um, they also had where you could put the eight tracks in there. Some came with the cassette. I mean, these Curtis Mathis's looked like, you know, they were pieces of furniture. They had the built-in speakers, all of this. Have you ever went over someone's house and they had a piece of furniture like that? It doesn't work anymore absolutely cannot cut it on to save its life but they will take a television set a new one and put it on top <laughs> of the Curtis Mathis well I have to laugh about it because up until a few years ago my own mother was doing this in one of her rooms and uh, <laughs> it was quite disturbing like what is the point of still holding on to that but I understood the point because, see, it wasn't just about that television set there. This carries memories. And sometimes we'll hold on to those things that may be broken, those things that may be damaged, um, those things that were given to us by a relative who have made their transition, even though it serves no purpose anymore. But we have identified or assigned a particular energy, a particular chi, a particular spirit to this particular object, and it really, really has become a part of us. You don't believe it? Have you ever been to a yard sale? Or have you ever been over someone's house and you know they're not using something and you ask them, can you have it? They are so reluctant to give it to you. It's not because they've placed so much value on material things. We talk about that and that comes from a different perspective. But a lot of times it's because of the meaning behind what these objects represent to us and really the deeper meaning of what it is. So it's important to really, really know that everything in your home can really send you a message, you know. It really can help you to understand who you are and really where you're going in life. Um, it really, really, really can help you to understand that and um, really help you discover the significance of the underliningness of these things that are in your home. So now, with that being said, I think this is a good time to talk about shape-shifting. 
and uh, really we can do sort of a short little exercise here that will help you to begin to actually shape shift into an object in your house so that we can find a deeper meaning about what that object really means to you or discover sort of the hidden meaning and why this particular object is in your home. So it's really, really simple. We'll take about two to three minutes here, and uh, we're going to go through the object, um, or the ancient art, I should say, excuse me, of shape-shifting into an object. So first, let's talk about, for just for a second, what shape-shifting is. Um, shape-shifting is actually a meditation technique where you actually, what you do is you shift your consciousness from your own identity into the reality of another form of consciousness. This is what shape-shifting is. So you're going to take your consciousness and shift it into the consciousness or the form of another consciousness. And so that's what we're going to be doing right here. Um, so now let's get ready. Let's get ready. It's the remix. <laughs> Let's get ready to shape shift. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about a particular object or something in your home that you're going to actually focus your energy and your attention on. I want you to think about it. So whether it's your bed, whether it's your dresser, um, maybe it's the pile of clothes you have in the corner, you know, maybe it's a chair. Uh, maybe it's that table that for whatever reason you cannot let go of it, you can't give it away. I want you to begin to think about an object in your house um, that you're going to begin to do this with. So I'll give you just a couple of seconds and then we're going to start. Okay, this is really, really a powerful, powerful um, technique. And it could sometimes bring back some results that are kind of shocking to you. Um, but um, I think it is definitely something that's going to be necessary to do. Actually, it was just, I believe it was last week, when me and uh, the sister who works with me that sets up the appointments and scheduling for the sessions, uh, Sister Munya, we actually did it together. It was pretty cool. So um, you guys will get a chance to do it. The first thing I want you to do is just relax. Just relax, just relax wherever you are. If you're sitting down, relax. You know, just get somewhere where you can be comfortable. If you feel better to get on the floor, that's fine too. If you're laying down in the bed, because <laughs> I got some messages from people that told me that they listen to the show when they're in the bed. Hey, <laughs> I can just imagine. All right, so wherever you are, I want you to just relax. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to close your eyes. And then what I want you to do is to begin to just imagine or have your body begin to change shapes until it becomes that object in your home. So taking your energy, taking all of your thoughts, and I want you to begin to connect with the object that's in your home. So whether it's the couch, whether it's the television set, whether it's your bed, whatever it is, maybe it's a picture frame, maybe it's a table, 
Maybe it's a cup. But I want you to begin to see yourself really, really see your body changing into this object. And now what I want you to do is to begin to feel how you're becoming this object. How your arms are changing, your legs, your body. You can even feel your hands and your feet all beginning to change, all beginning to change into this object. Now, now that you've changed into this object, I want you to begin to feel, feel what it's like to be this object. Feel what it's like to be the chair. Feel what it's like to be the bed. Begin to feel what it's like to be those clothes that's been in the corner for weeks. Feel what it's like. Some of the things you'll begin to feel, you'll notice a different uh, feeling. You'll also begin to bring up different memories that's associated with this object. Really getting into the consciousness. Finding out sort of the connection that this object has with you and you with it. Continue, continue to feel finding out exactly why, why is this table still here, why is this lamp here, why is it so important for you to have these clothes right here in this corner, why is it so important for your television set to be there, why is it so important to have that face, why is that important for you. Now, I want you to slowly begin to shift out of the consciousness of the object. Slowly begin to shift out. Slowly begin to come back to yourself. Slowly begin to feel your own body and your own consciousness. And then you can open your eyes. Now, I've had several people, and you guys probably can attest to this too, do this exercise. I've had a, a lot of um, sisters and brothers in the session where we did this exercise, and a lot of them came back with a lot of results that really was very eye-opening for them. Um, there was an instance when um, one sister discovered that the reason that she was holding on to this chair, even though the legs were broken, even though maybe the kids had broke the springs in the middle of the chair, the chair was actually something that was given to her by her father. And her and her father really didn't have a good relationship growing up. 
and it was really the only thing that her father had ever given to her. And really having that chair there, even though they still didn't have a good relationship, that chair represented her connection to her father, and really even it in its broken state was how she really seen her father. One of the things that she noticed is that she wouldn't let her kids like really do a lot of stuff in the living room. But that one particular chair was kind of like the place where everything, it was kind of the free-for-all spot. It's where everybody could go, they could jump up and down. She allowed them to do everything to this particular chair because inadvertently it was her really understanding that relationship and the frustration and the anger that she had with her father in that particular chair. Now, if you happen to find something in your home or you happen to find something that is connected with you that is negative, have no fear. You can clear the energy and in most cases if it is something that can be repaired, then it should be repaired and you can keep it. In this case, for this particular sister, she felt that what was in the best interest for her was to get rid of the chair because it wasn't serving her in the best way. It really was bringing her energy down. She was trying to find out why every time she came back into her home, she felt this way, you know. So it's a lot of profound meaning or hidden meanings that we can find in different things that are in our home and also um, what their meaning is, what the deeper meaning is to ourselves. So now we're going to be talking about the different meanings of different rooms in the home. So hopefully we're doing okay here. We're talking about feng shui, sacred spaces, and also how it relates to you, how you can raise sort of that frequency and begin to turn your home into a template that is fostering energy of prosperity and all different areas of your life and really helping you to transcend yourself into who it is that you really are. Okay, so we're going to be talking about deeper meanings of rooms and what it really means. We're going to go to, through different areas of the house and we're going to talk about what they mean. The first room we're going to talk about is, let's see what we'll talk about first. Um, hmm. We're going to talk about the bedroom. Let's talk a little bit about the bedroom. We'll talk some more about this. But the bedroom, what the bedroom symbolizes is really it's about the inner self and also the subconscious mind. So some of the things you can tell, if you walk into your bedroom and your bedroom is neat, it's tidy, um, or I should say your house is neat and tidy, but your bedroom sort of kind of looks like Friday night at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> then this is really going to let you know that what is beneath all of this calm, organized surface, there is some deeper, deeper issues that you need to begin to work on. Now, on the flip side of that, if let's just say your whole house was sort of kind of uh, in a state of chaos or it looked like Dave and Buster's on a Friday night, but your bedroom, your sanctuary, the place where you lay your head, was really a place of peace and sort of harmony, then what that could also suggest is that you might be able to handle a lot of different things going on in your life at one time. It really just shows that you're a good multitasker. Now, that could be it, that it shows that. And also beneath the surface, your inner self or your subconscious mind is really, really standing square on your square. 
standing solid, I should say, on your square. So that means that you kind of got it together, um, your inner world, because your bedroom is really representative of the inner self and the subconscious mind. So now let's talk about when someone is entering into your home, or some would call that the threshold. And the threshold is a really, really important part. We talked about this earlier. It sort of is like an altar. It's really um, symbolic of really representing sort of that bridge, like I said, between or the transition point between the outer and the inner world. It really sets the energy for your home and also for your, um, for your whole life. So very important. When someone is entering in your home, some of the things that they tell you in feng shui that should not be there is not to have shoes lined up by the door. Because shoes, people, their shoes carry different energy and different vibration. And when you bring that energy into your home, it begins to get released, and it releases all throughout the house. So how can you fix this? Really, if you have a closet up front, or perhaps, let's say, a box or something to put things in, then you can begin to have people, when they come in and take off their shoes, to put them in the box, to put them inside of the box. Also, um, some people have people store their shoes outside of the door. That's actually not a good thing to do in feng shui either. You want to be very careful with that because you don't want to have clutter outside of the door because really the, the entranceway or the opening of your home, of your door, this is considered or symbolic of the mouth. It is the opening or calling the opening point of the mouth. And so this is where the chi, chi, the positive chi is coming in. And so everything that is in that area is going to be influenced. And that chi, that energy, is going to be flowing into the house. And this is why even in gospel songs you hear this. You might have heard this symbolically um, when you talk about it to your parents. A good book, an excellent book that talks about this really from the perspective um, of coming from hoodoo is called Sticks and Stones, Roots and Bones, and it's by Stephanie um, Rosebird. It is an excellent book. I would recommend that anyone um, get this book. Um, it really talks about some of these traditional things, the importance of sweeping, the importance of a broom, uh, and different um, portal places in our house where we can also shift the energy around too. So it's about exploring the history, the mystery, and the magic of hoodoo. And uh, again, the book is called Sticks and Stones, Roots and Bones by Stephanie Rosebird. It's, it's a book that I think is a must. I brought it some time ago, and it's been very, very helpful for a lot of things. But this is why it's important when we talk around, there's a gospel song called Sweep Around Your Front Door. This is why it's important to do that because that is symbolic of really sweeping away the negative chi of when people are entering the mouth or entering into the threshold or coming into the door. Thresholds are really considered to be sacred areas. Um, now, in past times, or really in ancient times, it was often marked by an altar or a sacred symbol. So that's important. So you want to have sort of that entranceway when people are coming in. You want to have that really kind of set up like a sacred space. Not crowded. It really should be nothing there. This is really a clear space where energy is coming in, where you want positive chi to be able to enter into the mouth or enter into your home. Another good thing um, that Feng Shui suggests 
about the entranceway is really to really, really make sure that it is an honored place, both in the physical and the spiritual sense. So it's really good if you had sort of some statues to place by the door. Some of the things that you can place there, you can actually place um, a statue of Isis, a statue of, of, of Horus or Heru. You can pay, place those statues somewhere close by your door um, in the entrance way to really, really just tapping into those different um, energies or, or different template energies when it comes to spiritual things in front of your door. It's really good to have those things there. A lot of times you will see people, they will have pictures, they'll have things of prosperity, things dealing with life. You want to have those things, but you want to make sure that the area is honored like a sacred space because it is. Um, it is considered the point, the entrance point of where chi flows and where energy flows as well. Since we're talking about this, I think it's a good time to share this too. What's also um, known in feng shui is that typically when you go to any of the Chinese restaurants or any of the restaurants or any of the cultures from um, sort of the East that practice feng shui, um, really having prosperity in many different areas, as well as the black, abundance, prosperity, health, wealth, all of these things, they're connected with it. And sometimes you will often see a door in gold just really symbolizing or recognizing sort of the alchemy of going from black to gold. You'll see that as well. Um, I went to North, no, it wasn't North Carolina. I actually was in Georgia um, visiting some family a couple of years back. And one of the things that I noticed um, when it got into some of the, the higher-end homes, and you may see this where you live as well, but it's not to say that that's the only ones that can do it, but typically this is where you see some of these templates for feng shui practice here in America, in our country. But my cousin took me to, he lives in a subdivision outside of Atlanta, Georgia, um, and many of you who live there may know where I'm talking about. But he actually lives like not far, matter of fact, across the street, so to speak, from where Evandra Holyfield's mansion was. And there's a subdivision there where a lot of the basketball players, a lot of the football players, a lot of the stars and celebrities have their homes. They're multi-million dollar homes, and they're very expensive homes. We went riding through the neighborhood, and one of the things that I noticed is that it seemed like almost every single door that I was looking at, the doors were painted black. They were either black or they were gold. And I was like, wow, I wonder why you began to see the different colored doors when you get into the higher-end homes. Now, since we're talking about homes, this is a good way to make a point here about talking about the Zulu tribe. One of the things about the Zulu tribe that they believe is that the Zulu tribes and a lot of our ancient tribes did not believe um, in having square houses. All of their houses were round. And that's because they believe that corners is where evil lied. And in Feng Shui, that translation came down thousands of years later that they will tell you in Feng Shui, that's where stale or stagnant energy is. It's in the corner. Now, once we get into the in, the, in the second session, when we talk about clearing that particular area, we'll be able to talk more about how you can do that. But it was interesting to see the black doors. Um, it was interesting to see some of the red doors and also recognizing the gold doors. So these are some simple things that you can begin to do to help bring more chi 
more irate or more life force energy into your home, into your home. La 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 la, the remix. Hey, this is Baby Blue, and remember, if nothing else moves you, life will. Ladies and gentlemen, stop! It's the remix. This is Blue Raspberry Wind, and you are live in the remix. Mm, mm, mm. Hey, yeah. Okay. As we continue, we're going to talk about the front entranceway. I want to talk about this a little bit more because this is going to show you sort of some correlations here between yourself. If you find that you're sort of kind of struggling in your life and uh, maybe perhaps you also feel like you're kind of doing the same thing, repeating the lessons um, over and over again, not getting things right or good to go on the first time, the first place to look is actually to look at your entranceway. What's going to be important about the entranceway? We talked about it being sort of the opening portal or where chi actually gets to come in. It is the first impression that people see when they come into your house. We all know that. And um, this can be very impactive not only to yourself but others who come in as well too. So the key thing, you want to make sure that your entranceway is not, it doesn't have any clutter and there's nothing dirty, that it's very clean, very well lit. You want to make sure that it is clutter-free in your entranceway. And here's one of the reasons why. In traditional feng shui, one of the things that is noted is that when you first experience, if, if you're first experiencing this when you come into your home, like you're kind of pushing your way in, you have to kind of move shoes out the way, you kind of have to push the door open because maybe you have some recycling bins there, maybe newspaper or sometimes people want to put little shelves and things by their front door to remind them to take things out when they're leaving the house so that they don't forget it. This is not a good idea under no circumstances because really this is order, um, sort of symbolic uh, and also can be creating obstacles that you need to push your way through life. So when you have a lot of clutter, if you're finding that you feel like you've got to kind of force your way through life, you're really sort of kind of um, having a lot of obstacles that you're dealing with, the first thing you want to do on the level of feng shui, of course there's other levels that we're going to talk about, but today it's feng shui. So from the feng shui perspective, which is your home, an extension of you, or whether that be your apartment, or whether it be your sacred space, you want to make sure you clean that. You want to make sure that it is clear because this is very, very symbolic about how you deal with things in life. Are you pushing your way through life? You know, clearing these, um, these portions or places in our house can really clear to help clear up the obstacles that you're having actually in your own life. So take a look at those front entrance and if you're using your entranceway as a place to sort of kind of store things like maybe recycling bins and all of that, that is really, really good. But that is also symbolic um, of you not getting the lesson the first time, you know, having to go through uh, different situations over and over again. And um, it really talks about your approach to life. It's constantly a recycling of your past. So things of the past 
you know, things that you, lessons you don't want to repeat. It can be symbolic of you repeating those lessons over and over again. And also in feng shui, they believe that this can also include things like problems in your life, including illness, and so on, and so on. So it really can stem a lot further than that. So you want to make sure that you take care of that entranceway in your life and make sure it's clutter-free so that the chi is able to come into the light, come into your home, and really cross over into that threshold as you begin to come into your life. So some of the other areas you want to think about um, as well, you want to talk about making sure that there's nothing behind doorways. Um, especially doorways when you're coming in because it can um, obstruct the flow of chi of coming in. So you want to move anything that prevents the door from opening up fully. Um, so if you have clothes or something, you want to move them. Sometimes people typically put an iron board. They may put boxes and things. If the door is not able to open fully, then chi is not able to flow in. So also this includes passageways. You can think of different passageways in your homes um, or just like hallways or corridors. These act almost like arteries, um, almost like the arteries in your body. So you want to make sure that all passageways are clear too so that you can freely go in and out and move because this is about the energy that continuously flows through your body. Just like we begin to think about current, energy, current, same thing, this is also tied to abundance and prosperity, especially when you're looking at your money flow. See if you have a lot of clutter and things in the hallway that might be blocking you because this is something that can do that as well. Now, let's talk about things. Um, since we're dealing with this particular area, I want to kind of stay towards the entranceway because we're going to get into the bedroom and some of these other things too. But I want you to think about things on the floor, things on the floor, particularly clutter on the floor and really let's talk about what this means. It's important in feng shui to definitely keep clutter off the floor. What you can find is clutter on the floor or clutter at eye level is a constant, constant pulling down or draining of your energy. So a lot of people who suffer from depression, sometimes they may suffer from just a lack of energy. Begin to look around and see if you have a lot of clutter on the floor, maybe piles of books, all of these things who, that are at the floor level, that are being placed on the floor. What it does is it actually pulls your energy down um, and it can uh, contribute to you being in a depressed mood. Um, it can, um, you know, increase, um, what am I trying to say, it can actually take your energy away. It sort of steals your energy from you. So you do want to make sure that you um, <laughs> keep things off the floor, um, especially when it comes to clutter. We're talking about clutter, keeping it off the floor, and it's never a good idea to have that at your entranceway because, again, this is, this is sort of the, the transition point between the outer and the inner world, and it will pull your energy down. Okay, so now we're going to take a deeper meaning or take a look at, we're going to go into the living room. The living room is really sort of the gathering place. It is the place of really communication. Um, it's where the family gets together. It symbolizes harmonious relationships between everyone who stays in the house, whether it just be yourself or if you stay in a home and you live with other people. Now, if you have a living room that is seldom used, 
or no one really goes in there or it's very uninviting. What this can often do, it can cause the members of the family to really kind of drift apart from each other. Um, it really can cause um, members of the party, um, members of the family to really begin to drift apart. It also, um, it also may reflect sort of the growing distance between yourself and others. So what's going to be key is to make sure that you have a living room um, that can be comfortable and also create um, a community between the members of the household or maybe people you would like to invite over. So the living room really, really should be sort of that reflection that really is about togetherness and really having people feel sort of that energy when they walk in. It should be a place where you want to go, a room that really just kind of says come in and sort of kind of make yourself comfortable here. Um, some of the things you can begin to do is you can display family members' photos, photos of your ancestors. You can also put um, some of your spiritual gar um, guardians there, um, put some statues there. I have a lot of um, statues um, in my living room that I have um, a lot of um, a lot of different statues but I also have um, what is known as um, the masculine and feminine energy um, uh, the, the African Venus sort of symbolic of her and also the counterpart or her consort the male um, God I have a sort of a some busts I guess you can say they're like carved out of wood that's in there and other things that really just make people feel very very inviting pictures pictures of myself and my families and some of my ancestors all of them that are there in the living room really just giving that feeling so that people want to come in it sort of is inviting and really conducive to that area so this arranging things in this particular room you can do this to help promote better feelings between family members and also giving sort of that honor and respect to each other. You'll be able to do that too. So using different objects in the room is really um, a symbolic way that you can sort of kind of ease the difference um, between individuals and creating a space that is really about community. It's about fun and it's about joy. So these are the things that you want to have in the living room. If you share a place, you do want to take into consideration sort of the likes and those things that really make your energy go up for all members um, that stay inside the house um, so that that can be reflective in that space of where everyone comes together. And this is going to be very, very helpful. Now, here's a big one. We're going to be talking about kitchens. <laughs> We're going to be talking about kitchens. And what's interesting is that if you want to have more abundance in your life, um, if you have some health issues that you want to begin to work on and you want to talk about prosperity and just really, really just sort of um, having these things in order, one of the things that you have to do is you have to get your kitchen in order. It is important. I cannot stress this enough. I know when I was growing up, one of the rules that we had in the house um, that my mother had, and it's something that um, for the most part, I'm not going to say it's perfect, I try to make sure that I do too. I don't go to bed with a dirty kitchen. That's key. I don't go to bed with a dirty kitchen. Now, I know for some of the brothers that live alone, I know sometimes this may be challenging for you, <laughs> as well as some of the sisters too, but this is really, really important because the kitchen is associated, it's also associated with fire which is sort of the activating force of abundance. 
So this is where the sort of the jump off spot for abundance lies. It lies in the kitchen. The kitchen is the heart of the home. You know, this is something Queen Afua talks about a lot. You know, um, the preparation of food when you think about your mother, when you think about your grandmother, or maybe even yourself. It is truly, truly a soulful and very spiritual activity to be in the kitchen and really, really um, cooking. It really, really just reminds us of our place in the great sort of kind of cycle of life and we we really for lack of a better word I think I read this somewhere but we really depend on the abundance of the earth in order to sustain ourselves and so the kitchen is the relationship this this relationship is really ritualized throughout you know throughout the day and every day so the room the kitchen, the kitchen in your home in feng shui, it symbolizes prosperity, finances, resources, and all of that. And it, it's everything. It's where the connection with what sustains you. It is that connection. It is that bridge, just like your heart is. You know, if your heart is not functioning right, then it causes everything else to sort of kind of go out of whack, you know. So this is important. The kitchen is important. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So, kitchen, kitchen, kitchen. Clean your kitchen. You might have even noticed that whenever you have a gathering or people come over or maybe you're at your family's house or a family reunion and someone goes to the house, the place where everybody sort of kind of migrates is in the kitchen. You know, it just takes that one person to sort of start to get to talking and cooking and next thing you know, everyone is in the kitchen. Kitchen, because subconsciously, this is where sort of the nurturing comes out of. This is where healing begins in the kitchen. So some of the things you definitely want to do when it comes to chi and making sure that the chi, the flow of energy, is flowing fully and freely inside the kitchen. The kitchen needs to be clean first and foremost. And we're talking about everything um, from the floors, you know, to the countertops and everything. It needs to be light and it should have sort of an airy-like feel. You know, um, making sure that you can have both natural lights. That's why you'll notice most kitchens will have a window in it. Almost every single kitchen has a window or a way that uh, adjacent to the kitchen there is a window so light can come in. Because you do. You do want to have a lot of light in the kitchen. Um, you do want to have colors, cheerful colors or different accent colors in the kitchen. Um, this is going to help you with health and happiness and vitality. Um, it's always good, and you see this. I grow uh, a couple of little herbs in my window, just sort of in my window there in the kitchen. It's good to do that. It's good to have sort of that connection there. Hmm. Let's see what else. Surface should be free of clutter. Um, very, very easy to prepare meals. You know, bright pots or have ceramic dishes wooden spoons, you know, all of these things to prepare your meal for, um, these things, because this is really nourishing your spirit. You know, the things in the kitchen should not just be things that you're just using as utensils, but really begin to look at them in more of a symbolic way. And this is why women, we take a lot of pride, and men who are also, anyone who considers themselves a cook or a chef, they take a lot of pride with the work that's being done in the kitchen, because it is really an important place. And so the mood that you create in the kitchen is going to affect the health and vitality of everyone who lives in that house. 
So very, very important to make sure that you keep the kitchen that way. So take, you know, take time to make the kitchen a place that you want to spend time with. You know, really make it sort of that um, vibrant sort of kind of force of energy in your kitchen um, as well, too. So this is, is an important room. It is the kitchen, <laughs> the heart of the matter in the home. So now we're going to talk about something um, that is kind of gets a bad rap, I guess you can say, when it comes to feng shui. Um, but we're going to talk about the bathroom. And uh, the first sort of perspective we want to look at when it comes to the bathroom is this, is that according to traditional feng shui, that the bathroom's location can actually have a negative effect on your wealth. And so these are some of the negative locations of the bathroom. And then I'll tell you, if your bathroom is located in this location, some of the things you want to begin to do to sort of kind of help change that. And one, if you have bathrooms that are located next to or above the front door, the second um, location that's not a good location or a negative location for bathrooms is that if you have a bathroom that's on the second floor and it is directly above the kitchen or the front door. Now the other position is bathrooms that are located in the center of an office or in the center of a house, you know, and also bathrooms that are located underneath the stairs. Now, this may seem like it's a lot of restrictions or it may seem kind of a little bit crazy, but there's really some sound reason for using these feng shui um, principles. For instance, a bathroom in the front door or in the front hall, um, close to the door or, or, or really, really close to the door or at the end of a straight hallway, what it can actually do is it actually will... <laughs> it actually will drain the chi away before it has a chance to actually circulate through the rest of the house. So if you have a bathroom that's located in this particular area, we'll talk about a couple of things that you can do to help do that. Now, think about this way. Similarities. The water energy in the bathroom, when we're talking about the bathroom, above the kitchen. So if the bathroom is above the kitchen, um, it really it, 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 it sort of um, extinguishes the, the, um, the heart's fire energy and flows similarities of water in bathroom above the kitchen. What it does is it actually extinguishes the heart's fire energy and floods the entire kitchen with negativity. And this is potentially damaging to both the health aspect of the people who live in the house and also prosperity. Now, the bathrooms that is in the center of the home, feng shui, um, traditional feng shui say this is really the worst location. And the reason for this is because centrally located bathrooms, what it does is it destabilizes the energy in the whole home. Now, if you notice that you have a bathroom that is lying in one of these problem areas, you know, it is some ways that you can do certain things to really kind of help that. Now, here's some simple tips that you can begin to do. And you can find this anywhere at Walmart. They sell these mirrors and everything. So a full-length mirror that you want to begin to put on the outside of the bathroom door. You want to get one that's flat and one that kind of goes in the inside. You want to do that. Um, on the outside of the bathroom door. You also want to consider keeping a bowl of petal, um, pebbles 
on a shelf above the toilet, um, above the toilet or the basin itself if you don't have shelves. You also want to think about using black or red colored rugs at the base of the pedestal. Um, it could be used as a protection device. Now, here's the reason why. The reason for the mirror is because the mirror on the door, what it's going to do is it's going to help deflect the chi so that it won't get drained away. Because one of the things that the bathroom is symbolic of is this is a point of releasal. You know, again, Queen Afua talks about this in her book, Heal Thyself. But this is a place of cleansing and purification. It's where we let go and sort of kind of release all of our problems. We know about water's um, purification through our ancestors, very powerful element. And so that's what it does. It sort of kind of washes these things away. Now, if this is in these locations, what it's actually doing is it's washing away that healthy chi before it gets a chance to kind of flood itself or kind of move through the energy in the house. So you want to make sure that you either have a black or a red rug at the base of the pedestal um, that way. So putting the mirror on the outside so that it won't drain the energy away. Another thing that's going to be very important for the bathroom is to keep the sinks and the shower drains closed when they're not in use. You want to make sure that you also put the toilet seat uh, lid down. This is something ladies have been saying forever, but we want to put the toilet seat and the lid down when not in use. And this is also going to help um, the chi flow, slow the chi flow, or prevent it from actually flowing down the drain. And so um, the earth energy will also help to control sort of the water and contrast those things to help you with financial opportunities just being flushed away. So the pebbles and different things like this is really going to help. That's what you can begin to do um, with Feng Shui. Now, if you happen to be one of those individuals that your bathroom is actually in the center of your home, here's some things you can do too. You can actually paint the wall red or paint an accent wall red so when you come into the bathroom you can see that red there. Place some stones or large crystals or any type of earthy energy into a ceramic bowl or vase or, you know, you can even have a statue or something there. You want to place something like that into each corner of the bathroom. Again, we talked about corners, and one of the things in Feng Shui when it comes to corners is really where stagnant energy sets up. If you look around your house, if you look around your room, not just to mention your bathroom, you will notice that the corners is always where the dirt sort of kind of goes. <laughs> The corners is always where you're prompted to put things. You know, you may put a pile of books, maybe a pile of clothes. We're just really, really prone to throwing things in the corners. Now, the Zulu tribe believed that they didn't have corners in their house, as I stated to you earlier, because they felt that that's where evil um, energy lied. That, that was very, very negative to do that. So you want to make sure that um, you take care of those corners in the bathroom as well, too. So you can also put the full-length mirror. This is for people who have the bathrooms in the center of the home. You can have a full-length mirror on both the entrance door um, as well as um, the bathroom door. This is for when you come straight in your house and you have um, a bathroom right there. So these are some of the things. And this is going to help stabilize the energy by balancing out the negative chi with the positive chi. So that's just a tip on that. Now, if you stay, let's say, in a two-story house or you stay in a townhouse or something of that nature where the bathroom is actually above the kitchen, 
some of the things that you can do is you can actually begin to hang crystals around. Now that gets into some more of the science part of feng shui um, on those. So um, we're not going to really, really, really get too far into that because it's going to take us a long time. But some of the main, main things that have to be maintained in order for you keeping these channels of of things open in the bathroom. You want to make sure that the bathroom is cleaned on a daily basis. You know, you want to make sure you sanitize. Um, it's going to strengthen and support the chi. Now, a dirty bathroom on the other other side, what it's going to do is it sort of kind of um, emphasize the negative qualities of this room. And if the occupants um, or any of the uh, challenging locations above, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring negative chi with them, and this negative chi will sort of kind of follow them around. So it is essential to keep the bathroom sort of kind of sparkling clean, tidy, and you want to make sure that it's well lit. So that's it. So both <laughs> for the bathroom itself and the toilet, you always, always, always want to make sure that the plumbing fixtures are spotless, and you want to make sure that they're working. Because there's some things, um, and we're going to talk about this here, that can, what this can mean. Whenever you have dripping taps, this encourages you to waste money. Noising plumbing, like if you have like your pipes sometimes are making noises, this really, really is an indication or it really is a disturbance on a, a subliminal level. And it also has that, you know, we'll talk about what these things mean, but really it starts to really sort of kind of plant the seed of, of irritation within you. So you want to make sure you keep the bathroom sort of kind of light and airy and well lit, you know, all of these things um, to help. Um, for the bathroom or the toilet, you can include sort of kind of a, a light gray or cream colors or some pale blues. And uh, that'll be something that perhaps we can talk about uh, another time. But in the bathroom, those are some of the things that you need to remember is um, you want to make sure that the bathroom stays in the place. Um, you, when it comes to mirrors, and I'll say this really quick and we'll move on from here, but you want to make sure that um, if you have a mirror in the bathroom, that the mirror is placed where the toilet is not being reflected in the mirror. So you should not be able to look in the mirror and see the toilet. You don't want to do that <laughs> in the bathroom. Be careful not to do that, you know. Make sure that the mirrors in the bathroom um, that is not reflecting the toilet. If it is, you're going to need to put something in place of it so you can do that because what that is going to do it, it, it's going to help the chi kind of flow out, the wealth chi flow out a lot faster. And I know you don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to do that. So it is important. So when your mama tells you to make sure the bathroom is clean, it's very important to do that. You know, when your woman tells you to put the lid down on the toilet, it's a reason for that. And closing up those faucets when they're not in use and keeping them nice and shiny and clean has more to do with just, you know, saying that this is about cleaning your house. This is actually about the chi, about the flow of chi, especially when it comes to that area of wealth and health and, and all of these things. So very important there in the bathroom. Let's talk about basements and sort of the deeper meaning of basements. 
Basements are almost always <laughs> um, symbols of things that are deeply, deeply, deeply embellished, I guess you can say, or rooted within your subconscious mind. It also represents um, sort of the desire that you are sort of suppressing things you are suppressing in your life. So if there is if there is some deep negative programming in your life and you want to heal from that, the basement is actually going to be the perfect place. It's going to be the excellent place to start working on this because the basement also represents your foundation, um, sort of being firm, um, you know, being on firm ground in your life. So the basement is a great, a great place to start. Now, one of the things that's important, of course, I'm going to talk about this, the basement should definitely be clean. It should be a dry place, and it should maintain sort of a free of clutter look. So the basement needs to do that. Um, if you haven't got a clue what's down there, the first step is to start out by cleaning it out um, and begin to think about that because these things do affect us. They affect us on so many different levels. And so the first step is really to begin to clean it out. Sometimes we can believe that things that we don't know is not affecting us, but that's not true. Um, these are things that is um, affecting us on so many levels. If you find that you sort of begin to struggle, whether it's in the basement or any other room to begin to clean this out, then some of the things I'm going to challenge you to take a look at is that this is really, really a sign of some unresolved issues that you're still connected to in your life. So whenever you're reluctant to really kind of go into that junk drawer and begin to clean things out, there are some things that you're very reluctant to deal with in your life. Same thing with closets as well, too. So, you know, this is really, really sort of a litmus test for you. Um, know that when you start out, once you begin to clean these things out, it is a spiritual exercise, and it is also helping you work through different er areas of your life as well, too. And your basement can only function as sort of that strong support in your life after you've cleaned it out, after things are repaired, and it's sort of kind of made strong and waterproof. And um, you've sort of kind of, in a, in a symbolic way, you've made peace with it. You know, you know how good it feels when you go and there's something that you have to clean, whether it's the kitchen at the end of the day. It's very, very, it's very, very therapeutic, excuse me. And oftentimes, as women, we know that when we're cleaning the kitchen, we almost go into a meditative state. And sometimes men can find themselves doing this, whether they're cleaning out their car, maybe they're taking care of their clothes and their shoes. And think about how many times you've been at the laundromat and you sort of kind of dozed off in a sense while you're washing clothes, while you're taking them and you're actually putting them in the washing machine. All of these things because they are connected to us. And the laws of attraction, every single thing in your life, I don't care how beautiful it is, I don't care how grimy it is in your house, know that it has a deeper meaning to you. And so these are some of the things you can begin to take a look at so that you can find sort of the deeper meaning of what these objects actually mean to you and uh, begin to go from there. Now, let's talk a little bit more about addicts. So for those of you who don't have basements, let's talk about addicts. The addicts really symbolize um, really sort of your higher aspiration, those things that you want to reach for in your life um, in the attic. It really signifies you sort of kind of being closer to the oneness. You know, the attic is also 
symbolizes things that are hanging over your head or things that seem to be just beyond your grasp as well too so when you begin to look around in your attic and those things that need to be taken care of um, when it comes to all different areas of your life you want to think about that as well as if you find that you have a tendency to place things out of your reach so you know how sometimes we we were talking about earlier how some people love to put things on the floor and make piles of stuff on the floor maybe you tend to put things high up you know, you may want to put them very, very high up. So often when you have to get to them, you have to get a chair or you have to get a step stool or you always find yourself reaching. What you're doing is you're actually creating um, sort of a belief system within yourself that says that you have to work hard for what you get. So if that is the case, you do want to bring those things down and make it a point not to continuously put things out of your reach, especially not those things that you'll be needing to get to on a day-to-day -day basis because you're creating sort of this belief system within yourself in your subconscious mind that whenever you try to do something, it requires a lot of hard work. It is reinforcing this belief, and so that's how you're going to counterbalance that. All right, so now we're going to move on. We're going to talk about different things like plumbing, electricity, um, um, talk about windows and doors, and also your heating system um, in your house as we get ready to continue here talking about ancient feng shui, um, really just talking about it remix style. I'm your host, of course, Miss Blue, sharing some information that have been very, very helpful for me and close to my heart, and I'm sure it will be for you as well, too. So we know that our homes, every place where we live, our house, our apartment, wherever we stay, is really just a reflection of us. It is the place where people can come in and they really can get to know more about who we are. So now we're going to continue and begin to talk about the deeper meaning of things in your home. Let's talk about the plumbing. Huh. Now, the plumbing actually represents, and you'll see this when you do your research and you begin to talk about um, different areas of feng shui. An uh, excellent reference for this is uh, Denise Lin. She does a lot of work with feng shui and uh, talking about it from many different aspects. But um, plumbing, plumbing, the system in your home can represent different aspects of your life. So while it's true that you may have a clogged drain that may be true that you have a clogged drain maybe that is true that you have that know that the plumbing problem does need to be fixed I think we can all agree with that but let's sort of kind of go on a deeper level and see what that is and in many cases what you'll find is whenever you're having plumbing problems the deeper or sort of the subconscious issue is really associated with emotions and the subconscious. A clogged drain represents sort of clogged emotions. You know, they represent sort of the sluggishness. You know, um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's an indication that you need to have more exercise. If you feel that you're sluggish, if you're, if you're having sort of some emotional um, situations that you can't deal with, that's sort of kind of clogging you up, it's sort of kind of stopping you a little bit. That's the reason for that. Now, Sometimes in the wintertime, this happens a lot, and sometimes in the summer. You may have been over someone's house or maybe perhaps your house, and this is why you want to take care of this, a drippy tap. If you have that, it's, it's, it's sort of that small irritation 
of an emotional situation in your life. Um, and it, what it does is it really, really shows that you're losing life force. You're losing your chi. You know, you're losing sort of that zest. You're losing sort of that magic in your life. And so a drippy faucet is an indication that you need to begin to take a look at what is it in your life that's bothering you at this time. What emotional things do you have going on that you're dealing with? You know, that is it. Now, let's talk about overflow. You know, overflowing of the plummet. Maybe you have a toilet that backs up, maybe a sink um, that begins to overflow, or maybe you're running your bath water and you're not paying attention, the overflow. This can also mean for you that you have an overflow of emotion. Too much water pressure means that you're under too much emotional pressure. You know, one of the things you should begin to check with your health if you have this situation going on with you is your blood pressure. You know, too, water, too little water pressure is an indication that your emotions are kind of wearing, you know. They're kind of going down, you know, kind of going down. A busted pipe can indicate a long built-up emotion, especially anger. So if you have a busted pipe, I can assure you that someone in that home has a situation inside of them that is either they're ready to explode with it or they have already done the outburst of anger and this emotion. So these are some things to begin to look at. So it's important that if you have these situations going on in your home, not only do you take care of them just for the well-being of where you stay, but you also want to begin to take a look at yourself as well and make those corrections within yourself and begin to work towards that healing also. Now here's one that I found to be very, very interesting because this is something that we'll be able to sort of do the correspondence and a lot of you could probably relate to the situation and I've even spoke to a lot of you about this in some of the sessions that we've done as well too. You might find that there's a particular time in your home when light bulbs are just blowing out. It just seems like every time you turn around, a light bulb is blowing out. Now, it's a couple of reasons for that a couple of reasons for that and uh, one of the things that you may want to begin to take a take a look at because your electrical system in your home can be a metaphor for your actual your own personal energy so you know our bodies exchange sort of this energy all the time and so things are moving through us um, through different titans in our lives but here's a reason. If you're finding that light bulbs are constantly going out in your life, every time you turn around, you've got to replace a light bulb, it could be an indication that you're going through a time of transformation. So a lot of times when you're transforming or going to a transformation, the next level, whatever we want to call it, you'll notice that light bulbs start blowing out around your house. Um, this is something that I actually experience as well, too. Now, on the other side of that, it could be that the circuits are kind of overloaded and the light bulbs are currently blowing out as well, too. And this is also an indication that could mean that you're not taking enough time for rest and relaxation. So this is about that energy flowing through you and that you need to begin to take some time for your own rest and relaxation. It can also mean that you're giving out too much energy and not taking enough energy in for yourself. And I've experienced that as well, too. So these are some things to, be, to begin to look at. Um, it also represents, like I said, about a transformational time in your life. 
these things are symbolic. So know that your house speaks to you too. Your house is also letting you know as above, so below. And that's a very, very um, powerful reflection. So now let's take a look at when it comes to your heating and your cooling system in your house. If you constantly find that for whatever reason it's hard to keep the temperature where you want it, maybe you're too hot in the house and then all of a sudden maybe you're too cold in the house and then when you cool it then all of a sudden you find that you're also um, hot in the house again. If you notice that this is going on for you and you're finding a hard time to maintain the balance of hot and cold in your house, um, you may also discover Excuse me. You may also discover that you tend to also overreact to situations in your life. So if you're constantly turning up the heat because it's too hot and then turning it back down because it's too cold, this is an indication of sort of sporadic energy in your life and that you want to begin to take a look at what's going on. Are you overreacting to situations that you're dealing with in the house? You can't find sort of that place of comfort or peace or balance within that. And so this indication of just the temperature in your house and that sensitivity to you is really an indication that you need to really, really begin to take a look at that. So next, we're going to be talking about sort of windows and also doors. In feng shui, windows are really the eyes of our home. And what they do is they represent sort of your view of how you see the world. And windows can also symbolize the ability to take in and also... Um, assimilate information, be able to process information um, as we begin to take in the information from the world that is around us. You know, they also represent your physical eyes as well too, so that's important to know. In feng shui, if you have cracked or dirty windows, this can also be reflective of eye problems and also emotional difficulties of seeing the world around you properly. So some of the things you want to begin to do when it comes to your windows, you want to make sure that they're clean. Uh, you want to make sure if you have any cracked windows that you repair them. And uh, you also want to make sure that the presentation of how the window looks when you look at your window, from the inside looking out and also from the outside looking in, what does that reflection look like? Now, this is something that's typically done in the south. <laughs> I kind of talked about this a little bit with Brother Panic, and he shared with me that this is not something they typically do in New York um, as well. But you see this in the South a lot of times, that people will take aluminum foil and they will put it in their window, sort of to act as a reflector to keep the heat out. That's a not-so-good thing to do because what that is doing, that is reflecting chi away from your house. So you don't want to do that. And you'll notice that houses that typically do this, they really almost have sort of like that dark, sort of kind of cloudy feeling, almost like it's the house in the neighborhood or the house on the block that really just kind of have darkness around them. And when there's a house and sort of the blinds from the outside look like they're ripped and they're torn or the curtains look like some things are going on in the house, it really does does not. The people who are in the house, I can almost challenge you that they really have difficulty dealing with perception, difficulty with dealing with things in the world, because this is really the symbolism of what this is, 
um, sort of this reflection coming back. So you want to make sure that you keep all of your windows. You want to make sure you keep them clean, of course. You want to keep them free of dust and dirt um, so that your perception of really being able to perceive things, disseminate information, and also take in information comes back to you in a very, very balanced way. Okay, another thing that we're going to talk about as we begin to wrap it up, it is so much that we can get into in Feng Shui, and uh, we'll see how this one goes. It was, a, it's, it, you know, it's so much we can get into it, so many different levels, and I have so many different things I want to share. We haven't even begun to touch the touch the iceberg. <laughs> the, well, let me start over. We have so many things to get into, so many things that we can talk about when it comes to Feng Shui and also when it comes to us as people and really clearing out spaces and doing things uh, that we can talk about this. Um, wow, we could do so many different shows. So we'll see. We haven't even begun to sort of kind of touch the surface when it comes to Feng Shui. But these are some of the beginning steps that you can begin to do. The first step in Feng Shui, the first, first thing, like I said, is sort of the prereq. Before you begin to get into that, it's really just begin to understand about how you are the extension of those things in your home. There, there's not a separation. Our ancestors didn't make a separation. We can see that from going back to very ancient times all the way up until today. Really beginning to take care of the clutter in our house because it is more than just about cleaning your house, but beginning to take care of the clutter in our house really clearing clutter is really a modern-day alchemy. It's doing modern-day alchemy or really working your magic when it comes to yourself. It is um, a continuation affirmation statement so that you can continue the process all the way through. And one of the fastest ways to complete transformation in your life is by clearing clutter. It's very, very powerful. So we're going to actually take this and sort of kind of close this up and talking about clutter and what does clutter actually represent. What does it mean? So now, when we begin to talk about what clutter is, clutter is just really accumulation of things that really, really just sort of kind of restrict or um, really slows down the flow of energy in your home. Clutter is sometimes and almost always tied to your identity. It makes a statement, whether we want to believe it or not, about who you are, and it also can represent um, different aspects of your life. So clutter. Clutter is any object you don't love or you don't use. That's clutter. That's a part of clutter. Clutters are unwanted gifts that you kept just in case the person came back by the house. You know, it's that sweater that your mother gave you that you really don't like and you won't wear, and you keep it. <laughs> Clutter is also empty pot plants that you have, and you said you was going to transfer the plot, pots into a different place. Clutter is a whole bunch of paper of notes and things that you printed off the Internet, but you know you're not going to use it either. Clutter is magazines that you have that are just sitting around that you don't want to do anything with. And also, clutter is bottles of pills um, and different potions that have expired or that you're not using. That's also clutter. Clutter is clothes that don't fit and clothes that you don't like. Clutter is also socks, socks that you don't have the match to and never will find. I mean, the dryer ate it. We all know that. But <laughs> clutter is anything that is half-finished 
um, or something you've never completed. Um, clutter is things that have been broken for a long time or you have the missing pieces. You know, clutters are things that really come into um, use, but you know in your heart it never will. You sort of kind of keep something hoping that there will be an opportunity that one day you can pull it out and you can begin to use it. Clutter is something that's sort of kind of worn and torn that maybe have the rips and the holes in it, you know, like those pink panties, you know. <laughs> Clutter is partially used makeup, hair care products, lotions that we know we're not using anymore. All of these things are clutter. So now that we know um, what clutter is, um, <laughs> um, now that we know what clutter is, let's let's talk about why 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 do we keep clutter? You know why are we all kind of guilty of clutter? Um, clutter really, when you take a look at it one of the reasons we begin to keep clutter is because it's out of habit. That's going to be first and foremost. The other reason we keep clutter is because it sort of kind of represents security. It's, it's, it's almost like a cushion to us. You know, we keep it for fear of the future. You know, that's another reason. And also, um, what's key is that clutter really represents sort of unfulfilled dreams. You know, um, it also represents our self-esteem. You know, we, it, it also is a feeling of responsibility to take care of their things. You know, really, the common, this is why, you know, we, we just want to keep it. You know, it becomes a part of us. Um, you know, sometimes we say that the reason we're keeping this clutter, it's been in our family for a long time, fear that we won't be liked or respected without having certain things. You know, um, we also keep clutter by using statements like, you know, it could be worth something one day, you know. It could be worth something. And some of it can be, you know. Um, and the reason that um, we also say that we keep certain things, they don't make this no more. I said that about a lot of clothes I had, you know. I used to have this jacket, and I know they don't make jackets like this no more, but I had five of them that I never wore. And it kind of was like, they don't make jackets like this no more, you know. Um... And another reason, and this is, this is key too because I see this a lot, we keep clutter of things that maybe we purchase during hard times. And so this is sort of our reminder about sort of those, you know, humble beginnings where we came from. Um, we keep it because no one else will really take care of it like we did and we don't feel that there's anyone or something we can give it to, you know. Um, we also keep things because we feel like, ah, if I give away the red sweater, it's going to hurt my mother's feelings, you know, so we keep it, you know. And we also keep it because we may keep clutter because we think that maybe it's something we'll need for another time. These are some of the reasons why we're holding on to these things of clutter. And even though some of those reasons and some are very good, it is um, very necessary that we do begin to take a look at clutter and space clearing when it comes to our sacred space, when it comes to um, incorporating some of these ancient traditions of feng shui, um, which we'll have to get into in another part we'll have to do when we talk about space clearing and how to do that as well, using salt and rainbow water and, and, and doing other things like the medicine wheel that we can talk about. But really, 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 clutter has an effect on you. It really, really 
can create chaos in your life. It can also become very depressing. You know, clutter makes you feel physically and emotionally heavy. You know, in a lot of cases, people shed their clutter and they actually lose weight, you know. Um, so clutter really, really has a big effect on us. It makes every task longer, you know. If there's clutter on the floor, like we talked about, it can pull your energy down. If it is clutter above you, it can represent problems hanging over your head. Um, if there's clutter underneath your bed, it can affect the way that you rest, the way that you sleep at night. Night, It can become very, very depressing. So it is important uh, to begin to do um, some clutter cleaning <laughs> in your life. We're going to actually um, talk about a, a declutter sort of meditation that I found that I think you guys will like. It's, it's real interesting. And so we'll talk about that. Before I say that, though, I do want to caution anyone who just wants to get up and, and sort of kind of felt inspired to just clear all the clutter out of your house. Just keep in mind that this is really, really a spiritual exercise. And so, you know, we are really are tied to these things more than probably we realize. And so often our identity are so tied to these things that we don't really want to let them go and sort of kind of forcing them to let them go, you really will go through the emotions of somewhat having a spiritual death, um, <laughs> so to speak, of the ego. So throwing away clutter, sometimes you'll feel like it's throwing away a part of yourself. So you do want to take this in phases and maybe start out with something like a drawer or maybe start out in your bathroom or, you know, maybe start out with different parts of your closet. Um, one of the things that I did because I found that I was accumulating so many books and sort of kind of ran out of spaces to put the books and information and things that I was getting um, for my own research is I decided to downsize my closet. And boy, I tell you, that was a spiritual exercise. I actually got rid of half the clothes in my closet so I could make room for books and other things that I was doing. Um, but it was a slow process. And so I would encourage each one of you um, to sort of kind of take this approach of clearing clutter, but not too fast to cause yourself to go into sort of a culture shock or a healing crisis. <laughs> because it can happen. It really can. It's almost as if someone were to tell you today, if you were sort of kind of addicted to soda or addicted to junk food, to stop doing it. Just cold turkey, someone who goes from smoking cigarettes to not smoking. You really can have sort of that withdrawal symptoms. And uh, you can also begin to feel sort of kind of out of balance or even get sick. So you want to begin to do this in a very slow process. It is a powerful transformation process. I can attest and sort of bear witness to that. But you definitely want to take it. Maybe just start out with your entrance way and then begin to work your way through your house. So we're going to get into a meditation. Like I said, it is so much. We didn't even get to. I wanted to talk about, like I said, about clearing the energy of your house. So when you're moving, um, how you can connect with the spirit that's in your house, how you can begin to use colors and the elements to really influence the placement of things to really change the chi in your house. But in the meantime, you guys have, I think, enough information to get you started or get you back into the work of feng shui from an ancient perspective and really beginning to look at some of those things. So now we're going to talk about sort of going into the meditation to help with decluttering.
So this is a very, very simple meditation that I'll share with you, and lots of people have used it because it works. It's very effective. What you're going to do when you get ready to begin to start to declutter, like I said, this is almost just the prereq to begin to space clearing and also using some of the principles, the ancient principles of feng shui as they come from, um, you know, Egypt as well as if they come from the Zulu nation or the Zulu tribe, excuse me. So what you're going to do is first you're going to just get yourself in a relaxed state and close your eyes. And then you're just going to take yourself on a journey throughout your home. You're going to go room by room, really knowing that you have a highly sensitive energy field around you. And this energy field really allows you to sense the energy around every single object that's in your home. So as you approach each of the things, you're going to be able to tell You'll be able to feel and connect with the energy and what you're looking for. You're trying to see whether or not this particular energy raises your energy or it lowers your energy or is it just neutral. So you're going to imagine, visualize yourself walking through your home. So whether you decide to start out in the living room and you start to go over the couch or maybe you're going over the rug maybe you're going over the table know that you can connect your energy with everything that's in your space in your sacred space you're connecting you're highly sensitive and you're able to pick up whether or not this object is raising your energy or if it's lowering your energy now when you come out of the meditation, you're going to begin to take notes of the objects that has raised your energy. And you're also going to take note of objects that's lowering your energy. Those objects that are lowering your energy, now you're going to begin to make a decision. Hmm, do I want to keep this? What do I want to do with this? Do I want to move this somewhere else? What do I want to do with this object? What I would encourage you to do is to go back to the section here that we covered about shape-shifting and really go into the shape-shifting exercise to see sort of what that connection is between that object and yourself. Really understanding how that object is connected to you. What is that reflection? How did it get there? What is its purpose? How is it connected to you? Finding sort of that deeper meaning and making a decision based upon that. Yes. Well, there you have it, everyone. A lot of people have asked me. We've done some of the creative work that we do in the sessions. I will give out sort of uh, different exercises that you can begin to do to help align your energy, to help align your life force energy or your chi or your kundalini or your arit, however we choose to say it, to line it up so that you can have sort of the best experience going through your transformation or really working yourself to where you want to be on your path in life and feng shui is definitely something to take a look at um, so hopefully the information that was shared to you was useful and it was helpful and uh, give me some feedback let me know what you think and we can go much much deeper into this um, really as it comes to us from an ancient perspective and also how it relates to you 
So don't forget some of the books and some of the people that I mentioned that talks about this feng shui in a very, very unique way and also talk about it from the position of coming from us So um, as the original people on the planet. So know your magic, everyone. Um, it's me, Miss Blue. We're going to be signing off here. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget, Brother Panic is going to be live in the remix on Sunday night talking about inception and decoding. Welcome to Planet Remix Online International Radio Show. Join us on this cosmic ride with Miss Blue and the Remix family as we explore growing up on planet Earth. The Remix, the only place to be. All right, you guys. Well, that was a part one uh, that we were listening to, and I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Hopefully, you were able to take a lot of notes. That was a show that was done back in 2010, um, but it was perfect for the time that we have now uh, to be able to go back and take a look at some of those elements and those things in feng shui and how we can see them. So we're going to get ready to go on. On to part two. Uh, and that's going to be a key for us to take a look and go on to part two. Uh, so lots of goodies in there. If you guys have not gone over to the Remix Radio page on Facebook, I want to encourage you to do that. Not only to do that, but underneath the show uh, to definitely go over there and sound off and let me know your thoughts about the show. I will be doing some more things on Funk Sway, but I thought we have so many new listeners that are here you're listening and all of our new listeners that are out there listening, uh, we have crossed the threshold of going over five, th uh, five million, excuse me, uh, listeners globally. I thought it was a perfect time to kind of go back and revisit um, Feng Sway, especially for the energy that's in the atmosphere before we get ready to move uh, into some new components of Feng Sway that I'll be doing some shows on coming up here. Uh, so that's definitely why... Um, Mm-hmm why it was able to do that. So uh, definitely why I wanted to put that on. So I'm going to be playing part two as I've been talking to you guys um, out there. Uh, so what I want you to do, and I've been loving it, I've been able to get in chat, which I haven't really been able to get in chat for a very long time, but of course had to work my little magical wands over here and uh, figured that out for myself. But Blog Talk still having some challenges there with the chat room. So I know so many of you guys are on the phone lines. I see you there sending you all love and to our international family that's out there listening. So I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to come on over to the remix page so that you can get a copy of the Bagua map. I've posted it there and all you have to do is go on over and, um, yeah, download, download, download. Just click like and get a copy of that Bagua map. I think it's going to be real important for us going forward because I'll talk about more ways we can get into using the Bagua map. And it doesn't matter how small or how big um, your sacred space is, you'll be able to use this Bagua map 
And it's a great place to start, especially for a lot of our new listeners and a great refresher, refresher, excuse me, I can't even talk tonight. I'm having so much fun. A great refresher for all of you guys out there uh, that um, have used it before. I know in Self-Invested, in the Self-Invested Workshop, we've done these classes before, but uh, it's it's really going to be pretty cool for us to do it here again. So... Mm -hmm. While I'm doing international shots out, uh, you guys can go and you can be downloading your remix app. And um, yeah, you could be doing that. Let me see if I can. Can I find something? Hmm. I don't know if I can find it. Yeah, I don't know if I could find it. I was looking for something instrumental. But anyway, let me do the international shots out. We're going to get ready to go to part two. Uh, again, welcome to Planet Remix. I'm your host, of course, Miss Blue, the Oracle. All right, so jumping on board, listening in live tonight. And boy, oh boy, we got a listening audience today. We have South Korea in the house. So we want to welcome South Korea listening in live tonight. Siberia is here tonight. So welcome Siberia uh, in the house tonight. We have Hong Kong in the house tonight. Uh, glad to have you, Hong Kong. I'm sure the Feng Sui joined you in. Japan is in the house listening live tonight. Welcome, Japan, as always. Mexico is in the house listening live. We have... Um, Malaysia listening live. We also have Spain and Denmark in the house tonight. The Ivory Coast is here. Welcome the Ivory Coast. Switzerland is in the house tonight, as well as Sudan in the house tonight. The United States Virgin Islands is here with us. Welcome Virgin Islands. Greece is in the house tonight. Bermuda is here. Bangladesh is in the house tonight. Austria is on board. Welcome Austria uh, listening live tonight. France is in the house tonight. Italy is on board as always. Welcome, Italy. United Arab Emirates is in the house tonight. Welcome tonight. Trinidad and Tobago is in the house tonight. Welcome. Saudi Arabia always showing up in the house tonight. Indonesia is here listening live tonight. Uh, we also have Barbados in the house tonight. Pakistan is here tonight. Welcome. Uh, Turkey is in the house tonight. The Bahamas always showing up in a very big way. Welcome, Bahamas. Germany is here tonight, as well as the rest of Europe. They'll be chiming in. Brazil is in the house tonight. Welcome, Brazil. The Philippines is on board listening live tonight. Kenya is on board. Welcome, Kenya, in the house tonight. We have all parts of South Africa chiming in, listening parties, uh, listening in tonight. Welcome, South Africa. We also have Guyana in the house. Ghana, excuse me, Ghana in the house tonight. Big listening party there. The Netherlands is on board. Welcome, the Netherlands in the house tonight. And a large, large, large listening family coming in from Jamaica. Of course, we know we got Griffin and Noxeroy from Jamaica and the whole large Jamaican family listening in tonight. Egypt is on board tonight. Welcome family from Egypt here tonight. Always so honored and grateful to have you in the house tonight. Nigeria is here. Welcome Nigeria. Very large family from Nigeria listening in tonight. Vietnam 
is here listening live tonight. Lots of family from Vietnam, Vietnam, and also India always shows up in a very beautiful and big way. I actually purchased for my goddaughter, Nanai, some handcrafted, beautiful, colorful room totems from India. So India is on board tonight. Welcome India here. Canada always shows up in a very big way. Lots of love to our family. Donna Lee, the whole family, everyone, uh, 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 McQuinton, and everyone, all of our family out in Canada listening in tonight. Uh, so good to have you guys on board tonight. We have Ethiopia family in the house in a very big way, large large, super large family, listening thousands from Ethiopia. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Afghanistan. Uh, just want to send love out to all of those that are listening from Afghanistan, because this is a larger growing audience um, for Planet Remix. And so we welcome you guys on board. I've done readings for a couple of you. So very honored to have Afghanistan on board. The United Kingdom, of course, the UK standing up. Uh, all of our family from the UK, Faye, oh my goodness, we could go on and on, Val from the UK, um, also, um, what's the sister's name, uh, the other sister's name, uh, I mean, I can go on, Pure Feminine, like we got all of ours, Matthew, you know, Karmic, uh, everyone, Charlotte, all of you guys out there in our big, big UK family uh, listening. And then, of course, uh, yeah, Triple Goddess from London, yes, there. And then, of course, all of you guys from the U.S., all across all across the board, listening from all corners of the U.S., listening in. <laughs> so just so glad to have you guys uh, listening in as well. We actually um, listening in tonight from Ethiopia. We have about about a thousand and eighty-seven people listening in um, from Ethiopia. So just beautiful, you guys. I'm just just really really honored. It feels nice and warm and snuggly uh, tonight as we talk about the ancient art of feng shui. Uh, go over to the Remix Radio page. All you have to do is click like, download the Bagua map. Uh, that I have made there for you. I'm actually going to be doing some upgrades on this. So I kind of want to bring us up to date so that we can take a look at this thing called feng shui, how we can begin to use it in our sacred spaces. And the best thing to do is to get some foundation. So even though we know that this is something well known in the East, it is also something that came out of Africa. It's also something that came out of ancient Kemet and many other places around the world using these principles. Uh, so we're gonna continue with part two which will get a chance to do a couple of exercises with the Bagua map and learn how to sort of kind of, you know, keep that energy, that life flow energy in your home. Again, your sacred space. I've always, when I think about my sacred space, it is my place I retreat to from the world. You know, I think about M Michael Jackson when he had his very, very special place, um, uh, what he called it, Neverland, and uh, where you could go and, you know, he wanted it to be sort of this magical, magical place. And I really agree with that because 
my sacred space does that for me. And anyone, I, I don't care who you are, if you're a guest and you you come in my home, it's a place where you can get healed. It's a place where your vibration can be lifted. Your energy can, you know, just kind of support you. Uh, and you leave in a better state of being than when you entered. Uh, and I've always wanted that for my children. And also for myself, like I absolutely love my sacred space and it has nothing to do with how big the space is or how small of a space I've been in. I've always sort of took, you know, that connection between myself and my sacred space and that connection extending beyond to nature, you know, and I absolutely love it. I love my space, you know, I love it. And I love it because of the feeling, the energy. And I know no matter what kind of day I'm having, no matter what's going on out in the world, this is definitely sort of that space where I can come and know that the love is here, you know, the nurturing is here, the blessing is here, you know, the ancestors are here. I can feel the love, the love of all of my ancestors, my father, you know, and I can look around and I can see reflections of myself, my children, my family, my history, my culture, um, you know, people I've connected with, places I've traveled to, you know, things that sort of just help my spirit uh, just stay in a very loving, nurturing state so that I can continue to do this work that I do here and the work we all do out in the world to help make that a better place. Um, so these feng shui thing shows are kind of, you know, they're kind of cool. It's one of the things I kind of secretly obsess over. I love it. Uh, I love it for that reason. And um, I, I just think that you know, we could all, you know, have better days if we could just take a small space that we have and really just cherish, cherish the things we have. It's not about how much money it, it is. It's not about how expensive it is. It's just about taking, sort of having that sense of love for where you are, where you live and, you know, where your space is and whether you're living with five people or whether you're living with 25 people, whether you're in a dorm room or whether you have a small little apartment, you know, my mother always instilled in me is that home is where the heart is. And so if you start to begin to start treating every single space you're in as a sacred space, just watch the magic that will begin to unfold and it, it will become so contagious and others will want to be a part of your magic as well. So we're going to continue here. I hope you guys are having fun because I'm having super fun for us doing this here tonight. And I'm on Facebook, by the way. Um, also, so I have that open. So um, definitely chime in under the show there as well. So let's continue. Joining us here in the forum. Um, you guys are simply amazing. And I love you all. I, I, I truly do. I've had an opportunity to connect with a whole lot of you. Um, at this point, over a couple of thousands of you um, through doing the reading sessions and also just connecting on Facebook and and other places like that. And it, it really is great. It's great to be sort of 
around you and just just to feel your energy and just to see what's going on as we continue to share on this journey because that's what I'm doing here today sharing with you what has been helpful for me and feng shui is one of those things like I talked about in the first session that really at a very young age I really was sort of intrigued with this art of feng shui this science of feng shui uh, and just sort of kept interpreting and, and, and really learning my way through feng shui um, as I continue to grow um, in my life. And so that's what I'm sharing with you guys here. And so hopefully this has been great information for you guys as well. I've gotten a lot of feedback on it, a lot of positive feedback, which is a good thing. And I see a lot of you are out there getting rid of the clutter, doing the things to get ready to set up your sacred spaces or make them even more sacred than they already are. And so this was very, very important for me to do just from understanding from this perspective of recognizing that everything in my environment, everything, you know, those of you who have had the opportunity to have the sacred sessions with me, you know that we talk a lot about how our environment is also that reflection of who we are. Well, this is exactly what goes into those elemental things when it comes to feng shui. Now, we can look at it from many different perspectives, and I'll touch on this for just a short moment as we get ready to continue. But really, when you begin to think about feng shui, it's not about the religion aspect of it, although there are some things that you can incorporate from a spiritual perspective, and I encourage you to do that. Because I think that that reflection of who we are spiritually as well should also be things that we incorporate into in our environment. But looking at feng shui as a whole, it really is a combination of science, metaphysics, as well as psychology. All of these things kind of wrapped up into one. And that's true for so many different schools of thoughts that we have out there as well. So um, we'll continue to talk about feng shui, the ancient perspective of feng shui, and we're also going to get into what I call sacred, um, sacred space clearing, which we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So definitely this is the show you want to download until so you can see some of the things that I came up with, and then we'll have an opportunity, um, perhaps in the future, for you to share some of the things that worked with you as well, too. I would love to do that. So now let's continue. We're going to recap just a little bit, and we're going to talk about the two really kind of going together. They're really both feng shui and also um, sacred space clearing. They're both components, or sacred space bearing, clearing, you could say, is a component of feng shui. It is an important component. It is the component where you begin to bring sort of the harmony and balance into the environment where you are. Now, what's interesting is some of you have um, contacted me and Sister Manya and said, wow, what is this about feng shui? I've never heard of it. Well, you may not have heard of it, but I can rest assured you have seen feng shui in action. It's all around you. Even us here in the West, in America, feng shui is everywhere. I'm going to talk to you about a couple of businesses here. The first one is if you've ever eating, eaten at, um, gosh, what's the business called? I think it's called the Panda Express. Yes, the Panda Express restaurant is actually, um, they use feng shui principles in how they set up their restaurant. So next time you're in the Panda Express or you drive by one, just go inside and check it out. You'll be able to see sort of those elemental things put in place um, to give sort of that feel, that 
flow. So the chi is flowing. Now, here's something else or some other business that may surprise you that uses feng shui. Um, and that's going to be McDonald's. <laughs> you know, I often wondered, I don't care what city, what state you're in, as much as we know about health and food that we see, it just seems like so many people are just drawn to McDonald's. And so, of course, we know about the the, the hormones and the food and all of that, but there's also another element that's, that's coming into play here or another science as well. And so the next time you get a chance to pass by a McDonald's and go inside, you may want to check it out. It might be in your area. This was something that they actually started with a couple of um, restaurants in California. They mainly started doing it in California, and then it sort of just kind of went. It was almost about... Um, Gosh, I don't know, a couple of hundreds of thousands of McDonald's. At this time, it may even be more than that, that they are using some of the feng shui elements, and you can check them out. One is that you'll notice in the McDonald's up near the food counter, where the food counter is, you'll see um, rows, almost about eight rows of red tile there. And so the red is just to bring the fortune. Now, this was not done by accident. McDonald's actually hired a feng shui practitioner to come in and do this and design these things for them. In California, even because one of them was near sort of like a Buddhist monk, they actually did all of the elemental things in this particular McDonald's so that it could line up with those principles of feng shui. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, so feng shui is acting or is in action, I guess you could say, whether we know it or not. So the next time you're in the restaurant, the next time you're out with a business um, somewhere, just check around, check around. You'll notice that they have some feng shui elements there, whether it's coming in through color, whether it's coming in through design, of all of that. Remember, it's about the feeling, the feeling of the chi, the feeling of the flow. So, yes, McDonald's has jumped on that bandwagon uh, to use the elements of feng shui. And another thing that they did that was interesting at these McDonald's as well, too, they also positioned the doors so that it would block sort of bad spirits and bad energy from coming in while keeping the good ones inside to increase, to just really, really um, magnify and increase the flow of chi and energy. And so we know some of the basic principles. We talked about this last time, and we'll be able to get into this as we continue with this. But the five elements that we're talking about, and they're not anything new to us. Our ancestors knew these principles as well, too. And even line them up with gods and goddesses. You can look at the Meter Netter. And uh, the book by uh, Ra Unefa Amin, and he sort of kind of gives his breakdown interpretation of these things as well, too, coming from an ancient perspective, as well as many others schools of thoughts as well. And that's earth, that's water, that's fire, metal, and wood. And so all of these things, all of these principles are things that our ancestors knew. So who can do this ancient art of feng shui and sacred space clearing? Well, from anyone, anyone can do it, whether it is a, um, a village shaman or your Aunt Clara. Everybody, <laughs> everybody can do it, and you can do it as well, too. It's not something that's very, very difficult, although it does have some principles, just like anything, um, to sort of correspond with. Now, what makes feng shui a little bit of tr little tricky, but this is something that we know that know that holds true with many schools of thoughts. I mean, with any school of thought, you're going to have some that contradict and others that sort of um, 
kind of go against what one school is thinking. Well, feng shui is no different. It's the same way. There's actually about six different schools when it comes to feng shui. So you have compass, you have classical, you also have what's called black hat, which is the typical one that uses the baga mat. And I'm hoping in this session we get to actually do a baga mat. And I think that's how you say it, but you know how it is. I'll give you the spelling and everything so we can take a look. And then there's form, and there's also what's called flying star, which is kind of deemed to be one that's a little bit more di difficult. And then there's the Western style of feng shui. So the goal here, the goal here of what I'm sharing is not for you to get so much caught up in these different schools, but really for you to take these principles, these principles that all of the conscious community build on from nutrition, when we talk about Queen Afua, Dr. Africa, when it comes from the perspective of occult science, when we're talking about people like Brother Bobby Hennett or Brother Panic, or when we're talking, or Dr. Phil Valentine, or when we're talking about from the perspective of really just sort of kind of aligning our minds up. So whether it's Yasir Hotep, who does the Egyptian yoga, um, or if we're talking about, um, you know, some of the things that Brother Wayne Chandler has done his studies on, or many, many others. I could go on and on and on, but I think you guys get what I'm saying. But this is also just another tool for you. Um, what I like to call this can become another marker for you. It's important to me to share this because I deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis, especially in the sessions of really understanding how your environment really is that mirror for you. It is the reflection, you know, and when we can begin to see those things that are going on internal be reflected in our external environment and begin to pull them into alignment so that we can begin to sort of kind of balance out our own energies and, and also look at it in a symbolic way of seeing those areas of our lives that we do need to begin to work on. Um, so these were some of the things we talked about, and this is what um, Feng Shui offers as well, too. It offers you insight. It offers you insight into you. And so I don't want to lose that as we get further and further into Feng Shui, to never forget that everything that we're talking about is about you. It's about building what's inside of you. It's about really um, sort of curing, or you can think of it this way, of like taking a remedy, you know? So if you're having problems when it comes to some of these things that, that we must deal with because we are human and we're spiritual beings, but we're in a physical human body while we're here. So if you're dealing with things in the areas of relationships and you're having a hard time, you can begin to look around those things on your external, in your sacred space externally, and begin to work your way through the remedy so that it can make the impact internally. One of the things I used to often say, and sometimes people would look at me so strange, I would say, you know, Sometimes we can be so lost, we can be so disconnected from what's going on within ourselves that looking within is very hard to do. And sometimes we have to look outside of ourselves so that we can find our way back to ourselves. And I can assure you that your sacred space where you live, the things that are going on around you, if there is an area of your life that you do need to sort of kind of look at or you need to begin to bring into balance, I can assure you that by using some of these principles here, you will find 
that this will is also showing up in your reality more than just on the emotional side. But you actually can see physical things that are representative of this. You know, it's not about having the perfect sacred space because there is no such thing unless you're going to build it from the ground up. I'm not saying that can't be done either. But for most of us that are living, we're living in spaces that we might have created some, to some degree for ourselves, but everything is not about being perfect. But it is about finding those areas that we do want to tap into that energy and we do want to begin um, to get elevation in that particular part of our lives. And we do need to have a place that we can sort of kind of come back and sort of kind of gather ourselves, you know, coming back inside yourself. We think about that when we talk about the Temple of Luxor. You know, our ancestors built this. It was a place where man could study himself within himself. And this is what all of our sacred um, spaces are to us, and our ancestors recognize that. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about abundance and prosperity, if you're talking about inner knowledge, whether it has to do with careers and maybe your life journey, um, if it's dealing with your children and creativity, hope, um, and just travel, maybe your health and unity, love and relationship, you know, illumination, and also um, just, just every aspect area of your life. Know that your sacred space is reflecting these things. And so you can symbolically help yourself, help yourself find markers so that you can begin to work on those things internally. So that's what we're going to be talking about as we continue. So now we're moving right along. Um, and I got a lot of the emails about so many people who were working on um, doing sort of the work of getting out the clutter, which is a part of the prereq just to begin to get into the furniture placement, the colors and all of that. We'll be talking about that, but really getting rid of the clutter. I do want to say this because so many of you sent me emails <laughs> and you asked me about your altars and was it a good idea to have an altar at your front door? Because we were talking about clearing, clearing things out. Well, your altar is not clutter. We were talking about clearing anything that can be considered clutter or anything that makes your energy go down versus making your energy go up. So I just kind of wanted to put that in there. So now we're going to be talking about sacred space clearing and actually going through the steps. There are actually four steps that we're going to go through and uh talk about them they're they're um pretty they're pretty easy steps they're things that we do and we're going to talk about sort of the preparation so the first step the first step we know what that first step is that's getting rid of all of the clutter and cleaning you know removing of all of the dust you know getting in those corners we know what those corners represent so cleaning getting rid of the dust getting rid of the clutter, you know, letting go of those things that are broken, those things that need to be fixed and repaired, you know, just, just getting rid of them, letting those things go. And for those things that we can't let go of, there was an exercise, the shape-shifting exercise, and I encourage all of you to do this. This is something, encourage all of you to do this. I had a sister that emailed me that even had her children sort of participate in this. Um, in the shape shifting and, and knowing why they wanted to hold on to certain things. And they came up with some amazing, amazing insights, not only for themselves, but their family. So it's a great exercise that you can begin to incorporate with the whole family, but really just letting those things go that make your energy go down. 
And so now we're getting ready to get into the second step. So, yes, the first step, clear, clean, clear and clean kind of go together. But we're going to be talking about clear, clean, sealing, and energizing the rooms. These are going to be the four steps that we're going to talk about. And the next step, so the next step, like I was saying, is really what we call sort of the purification, you know, getting rid of the negative energy. This is where the actual sacred space clearing goes. This is where you work your magic. We're going to be talking about that step there. This is actually where you work your magic. First, I do want to touch on what are some of the reasons, because this was another question that came up. What are some of the reasons we should do a sacred space clearing and when is a good time to do it? A good time to really do sacred space clearing is anytime you feel like it. No, seriously. <laughs> anytime that you feel the need that you need to cause a shift in the energy, in the energy in your home, in your sacred space, I recommend you do it. That's one. Another good time is if there is a new baby coming into the home. That's a great time. If someone is leaving, that's a great time to do it. If someone is moving in, it's a great time. If you yourself are moving, it's a great time to do it. If someone um, has been ill or sick in the home, you want to do it. If someone made their transition in the home, this is going to be great for you to do. Um, if you're getting a new job, maybe a new career, you're changing, you're making a shift, a lot of you are shifting your consciousness, going to the next level in your consciousness. We talked about this uh, in the sessions that I do as well. That's a great time to do it. When you sort of commit yourself to something, maybe you're in a relationship and now you're committed um, to that relationship, it's, it's a great time to do it. Or let's say that you're sort of kind of closing the chapter and the relationship is taking a different turn. Excellent, excellent time to do it. And I can't help you tell you how much that's going to help you. That really is going to help you because often we have a lot of memories, not just in the physical sense from a past relationship, but we also have that energy. You see, that energy of that other person is still lingering around, you know, um, that energy is there. So um, that's another great time to do it. Um, it's a great time to do it. Um, throughout the seasons change because we know symbolically the seasons really represent a lot of different things internally. So that's a great time to do it as well too. So the goal is to go with your feeling, to go with your intuition on this, when to do it, but those are also some excellent times to begin to do um, sacred space clearing. Oh, also, and let me not forget about this. Another great um, time to do this is because we're, we're just living in changing times and this is even something that the Zulu tribe does as well, too. And this is if someone has been incarcerated in jail and they're coming back home, that's a great time to do it. So coming back out of a situation is an excellent time to do it as well, too. Now, what, here's something that's interesting, and I'll share this with you really quick. The Zulu tribe, what they've done is if someone, because, you know, so much goes on in the political and the social scene, especially when we're talking about um, different regions in South Africa, some of the uh, sacrificing rituals have been created for purification after a jail sentence. So let's say there was a husband and wife, um, or when the husband or the wife returns from jail, the first thing they must do is they must take a bath 
you know, they must take a bath of some, with some sacred herbs and to really begin to cleanse and purify themselves. And then they need to sleep either near the bed or on the floor. And what they do is they sleep on the bed, near the bed, not on the bed, excuse me, or on the floor until one of them has a dream that everything is going to be okay. And it's not until then that they actually get back into the bed and actually sleep back in the physical bed. But we'll get into that when we start to talk about um, some of the purification techniques and, and what symbolically that represents and some ways that you can actually clear the energy out of your bed if that needs to be as well, too. So just something interesting there to let you know that this is something that's been universally used throughout um, the world. And definitely, let's not forget the new year. The new year is a great time to do a sacred space clearing um, as well, too. Um, During the solstice, the solstice times of years, of of course, those are great times uh, to do it there. I wanted to mention that. Now, the Chinese, um, one of the things that they do, and you see this symbolically, it's sort of kind of traveled all over the world, is that they began to shoot fireworks. The reason they were shooting the fireworks is because they believe um, that the fireworks, the loud noise, breaks up old stagnant energy. And what it does is it sort of prepares for the new energy to be ushered in. So this is how sort of that firework uh, thing sort of symbolically got started. But we're going to talk about space clearing using things of sound because that's a very powerful way that you actually can um clear the energy or raise the astral vibration in the rooms or or in your sacred space as well. So in this stage of actually getting ready to do um, the space clearing, what you want to do is you want to take some time and really begin to think this out. How are you going to do it? You know, what does it look like? Is it what day is it going to be on? Are you going to do it on a Tuesday? Are you going to do it on a Sunday? You know, who's going to be involved in this in this space clearing with you? Is it just going to be yourself? Are you going to be, um, you know, accompanying other family members or friends or your mate? How are you going to do it? So really, you want to give some energy about how this is going to happen to you. So you want to take some time to begin planning sort of your sacred space clearing and what you want to do. Then we're going to talk about you're going to find yourself a place, um, preferably somewhere near the door, near the door of your house. So if you're doing your whole house or your apartment or your trailer or wherever you live, you want to find a space near the beginning, um, the opening, where we call the mouth or the chi, uh, to begin to do that. And this is where you're going to actually set up a temporary altar. And this is where you'll put all of your supplies at when you're getting ready to do your sacred space clearing. If you just have a room, then you can do it inside of your room door with your door closed. That's certainly fine. You do want to make sure that you have it somewhere close by. And if possible, have a tray or something that can act as a tray for you so that you can use this um, temporary altar to go back and get the things that you need and then take them into the room or the space where you're working. If you're only working within a room, then of course you can have all of your things there as you need them. Now first, let me go ahead and put this out there. There really is no one best way cleaning method or sacred space clearing method. There really isn't. 
You know, um, each method is, is uniquely or it should be sort of kind of have your energy because, as I always say, you are the magic that makes it come to life. So it, there isn't no one way. What I'm going to be sharing for you is something that's worked for me, and uh, I'll share it with you. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing, something that's worked for me, and I'll share it with you. So um, there is no one way to do this, but this, this is certainly a way that it can be done. So you'll have a spot set up for your blessing altar. Once you have that spot um, for your blessing altar, this is where you're going to sort of set up this temporary altar, and you're going to begin sort of the sacred space clearing here. We talked about at the entrance or in some other kind of central location where you can actually get to it. Um, what this does is it really sets the tone um, and the energy for the whole ritual that you're doing, because it is a ritual that you're doing. So it's going to set the tone for that. Now, I would also recommend that the night before that you know that you're going to do this, because you're going to plan this, that you definitely pick out your clothes, you know, something you wouldn't normally wear. Sometimes when I'm um, cleaning the house, sometimes I just have on some shorts and maybe a T-shirt, um, and I'm just kind of in the house, you know, just me just clearing, uh, just, just cleaning and doing what I do. But you want, want to plan this. So you want something special. Now, I'm not telling you, you know, ladies to pull out the stilettos and, you know, <laughs> you know, or pull out this, you know, pull out the silk suit. I'm not saying that, but definitely you do want to plan it. You want to give it some thought and some energy um, because this is spiritual work. You know, and it is something that is going to impact you and everyone who enters into your sacred space. So you do want to do that. So you'll get your clothes and everything together. It is recommended that the night before you actually take a sea salt bath. And we know the, the properties in salt, which we'll be getting into that a little later, but it's very purifying and very cleansing. And just begin to get yourself in that state of mind because it is about a feeling. It is about a state of mind. It is about you connecting, you know, connecting with your higher self and also the spirit um, and the energy that is around you. And on your altar, on your blessing altar, um, you want to make sure, I just wanted to touch on this, you want to make sure that it does sort of reflect it's more than just you. everyone's going to be um, sort of participating in this. Make sure that you have something symbolically there that really is about hope, hope and it really is about um, prosperity and really sort of kind of represents a little bit of everyone in the home on the altar. And so after you've taken your bath and you sort of purified yourself and got in yourself in the right state of mind, and you began to set this temporary altar up, um, I would recommend that you use an altar cloth. Now, for those of you who have had sessions with me, we talked about different colors that are certainly uh, associated with your energy and vibration of where you are now. That would be a great color for you to use. Um, you can also, if it's um, a family, let's say, maybe you want to take um, different strips of altar cloth and put them across, you know, have everybody pick their color and put it there. Really just make this uh, a full experience, a full experience. Another very, very important step before you actually um, get to do the work and begin to get into the magic is really set the intention and really focus your intention based upon feeling. Feng Shui, remember that. 
sacred space clearing is about a feeling. It's about the feeling of that. You know, this is probably one of the reasons you feel it should be done. We talked about some reasons it could be done, but it's really about that energy. And we know energy is real. You can feel it. You really can. And so you want to state your intention. What is the feeling you want that room to have? So, for instance, if you're working, let's say, in the family room or the living room, and you want that feeling to be of love and and unity and sort of um, communication and sort of coming together, that's the feeling that you want, then that's what you sort of kind of place your intentions in. I would recommend that you write your intention down, take some time, you know, go room by room and really set the tone for the feeling that you want and and write out an intention statement. And we'll go back and we're going to talk about um, this from the perspective of making sort of an affirmation and how to begin to use these intentions or affirmation statements more. So now, next what you'll do is you're actually going to begin by either standing or you can either sit down, it's up to you, or you can either make a circle if it's going to be a family or a group participating in this um, around the blessing altar or the temporary altar. And uh, what you're going to do is really, really just focus your intention for guidance, you know, really, really beginning to ask the spirit or the God or ask the spirits for guidance to help you as you continue with your sacred space clearing. Here are some of the goddesses that you may want to begin to work with when you get ready to do your sacred space clearing. Um, that's going to be, you can either use the goddess Vista um, or the goddess Het Haru. Het Haru, of course, the house of Haru or the house of fire. And then Vista, who is the Roman goddess who is over home. Uh, that really is about sort of the protection and, and, and sort of kind of bringing that harmony into home, as well as the Egyptian goddess Het Haru. So these are some of the goddess energies that you may want to begin to do. Um, um, to work with as you get ready to get your everything in line so that you can start the house clearing. Now, um, the tools again. Some of the tools that you may want to get. You may want to get a bell. You may want to get a chime and place it on your tray as well, too. Um, you want to begin to put those things on there. Also, a rose. You know, you want to decorate it. The rose symbolizes love. So a rose would be uh, a great object to place there as well, as well as some crystals, too. And we'll get into what type of crystals you can put on there as well, too. Some incense, some essential oils. All of these different things, feathers, if you have them, um, would be excellent and great to work with as well, too, um, to put on your tray. Just anything that you will need, the tools that you're going to need. And we're going to go through some of these tools uh, that you'll need to put on your tray as well, too. So there's many different things. Like I said, there's so many different things that you can do and so many different ways that you can actually do your sacred um, space clearing ritual on your tray. But I'll go through some of them so that you can just sort of have an idea. And again, use your intuition of what's going to feel right for you, your space, and the people in your space. Um, scents, of course, aromatherapy, so incense, essential oils, we talked about that. Um, you can use sound, so things you can put on your tray, um, as well as bells, chimes you can use. You can use drums, music, 
Um, so you want to make sure you have your favorite CDs, you know, and music plays a very, very important part of moving energy because that vibration, not only is it left over sort of in the remnants of the room, but all the objects in the room, um, because objects hold energy. And so this energy needs to be cleared as well as it needs to have that vibration as well. You can also have the use of color through flowers. You can use color uh, through fabric. And, of course, one of my favorites is candles. So candles and flowers, I love them, as well as flower um, fabric. So this is how you can incorporate color. So if you want to use things of color, this is another way that you can um, sort of put these things on your trays. When it comes to crystals and stones, you can do that. So gems and crystals, you want to just gather the crystals and the stones that you have. And we'll talk about some good ones you can begin to work with as well, too. And, of course, more candles can't have enough because that also represents the element of fire there as well, too. So you can't definitely forget your blessings. So you remember when I told you to take some time and give some energy to this. Maybe one of the things that um, um, that I give out in one of my sessions, and I'm not going to go into the whole process of it, but it's about doing a, a walking the labyrinth of your home. But a part of that, in, in close in that, is about writing your own mantras and also about um, making your own intention statement. So we talked about the intention statement for your sacred space clearing. You want to begin to put these um, maybe on strips of paper. If you're doing multiple rooms, then you want to make sure that on each one of the pieces of paper, you write down your intention statement and have them on the tray and have them labeled so you know what intention statement goes where. And if it's more than just yourself, you want to incorporate what everyone's intention statement is. And then what I did um, when I did it with my um, family here, um, me and Baby Blue, we actually just punched holes in it and tied ribbons. So I had my intention statement for the living room and she also made her own and we had them together and we tied, we used our favorite colors or the colors associated with us and we tied ribbons and we had those intention statements. So when we went into each room to get ready to clear them, we knew what both of our intentions were and having them sort of kind of emerge together, emerge together. So that's a really cool thing that you can do to get the whole family involved or get yourself involved and also your mate as you continue, um, as well as affirmation statements. So you can write the intention, the affirmation statements, your mantras, whatever, and you can begin to put it there. Now, as you begin to enter the room, um, what you're going to do is you're actually going to take the tray. So if it's not in the room that you're in, you're going to take the tray and you're going to put it down somewhere. Your first first thing that you're going to do when you get ready to do the space clearing is you're really going to stand sort of in the entrance way. I recommend that you take sort of a, take a slow, deep breath, you know, to really begin to center yourself and begin to ground yourself, you know, to the earth. Just kind of imagine yourself sort of kind of being grounded down at the earth. At the same time, really connecting yourself with the infinity of the universe and just sort of being in both places. When we think about the Casey Kasem statement when he says, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, that's kind of the feeling you want to get when you're standing there. Now, let's say you decide to use a bell. The first thing you're going to do is really, really, as you begin to walk around the room, 
feel the energy in the room. You'll be able to feel the different places where the energy is high and where the energy is low. So you're going to slowly, slowly just kind of walk around the room, really taking your hand and feeling those places. So you want to make sure that you're comfortable. In some cases, some of us will be clearing rooms that we haven't gone in for six, seven months. Um, we'll be clearing rooms where um, maybe there was some negative energy that was in that room. So you want to take some time and familiarize yourself with the energy that's in the room before you actually get ready to clear, um, clear, the, clear the energy there. So let's say that you're actually doing this process, and let's say you're going to use a bell, okay, because that's something pretty simple. Let's just say we're going to use a bell. Um, what you first want to do is you want to, after you've recognized where the energy is, you want to bring yourself back to the entranceway again. You want to take a couple of deep breaths in and out, nice and slow. You're going to focus, and then you're going to ring the bell. And then you're going to listen, listen very carefully. As you begin to ring the bell, what you're listening for is the sound. You're listening for a very crisp and clear sound. And then you're going to start going, um, let me make sure I get your directional points right for you. You're going to start going counterclockwise around the room. And you're going to be ringing the bell. And then you're going to ring the bell until you come all the way around the circumference of the room, counterclockwise, until you get back to the beginning of the door or back by the entranceway. Now, this is important, this next step. Let's say that you come back and you feel like you need to redefine the space even more. You need to do it even more, um, some more. I wouldn't recommend using the same thing as the bell but maybe using something else that you can use, such as an incense, and we'll get into how you can begin to do that with that. But you want to use something else to do, or either a spray. Um, we'll talk about how to mix the essential oils together, and you're going to do the same thing. You're going to go in the counterclockwise motion around the room. Again, just to make sure that you've cleared all the energy out there, remember keeping and holding all of those intentions. You're going to go and you're going to do the same thing. You're going to once more circle the room. So now let's just say that we chose another method to go around the room and clear the room as well too. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my bell. And this time, as I'm ringing the bell, I'm going to be making a figure eight. So you're going to make a figure eight going counterclockwise in the room. What this is going to do, this is what we call sealing. And so you're actually going to seal this energy that you've cleared the energy and you've raised the vibration. Now you're going to seal it. And this is how you seal the energy. You're going to make a figure eight in the room to seal the energy in the room. So, yes, you're going to make the figure eight. 
And we know eight is the pure eight. And that's going to sort of, like I said, seal the room. Um, I was speaking with the elder Abu Shahid, uh, and he was telling me, according to Supreme Mathematics, build and destroy. So what you're doing with that figure eight is you're actually destroying the negative energy and you're setting a path to continue to build on that positive energy. So eight, the number of infinity. And this is how you're going to seal off the room, making this figure eight. And symbolically, that's what you're doing. You're keeping sort of that positive energy there. We'll talk about how to restore and how to keep that energy where you want it as we continue. And then what you're going to do is you're actually going to continue this process in every single room um, of your apartment, of your house, of your home, um, or if you're in the room, you're going to do this until you can complete it, of course, but you're going to do this in every single area of the home. Now, you can choose another tool if you want to, um, or you can use the same thing. You can do two different tools in a room. Remember, you're sort of going to go with your intuition on here. That's going to lead you as well, and so you'll do all the rooms, you're going to circle the room, going counter, um, going clockwise, excuse me, and in the clockwise manner first, and then you'll go back through, and then you'll seal it with the figure eight until you've gone through all of the rooms in the house. Now, here's what's important. After you've done this in every single room in the house, what you may want to do is go back and clear the energy of yourself, of the people, uh, yourself who's involved in the space clearing. So if you have the bell, you want to do that. You want to gently take the bell and kind of go over your whole body from top to bottom. And you want to use the bell to clean or cleanse that energy off of yourself as well, too. So once you've done that and you sort of kind of clear the energy off of yourself, and that could be done standing up, laying down, however you choose to do that with yourself and your partner and those who are involved in it with you. The next thing that you want to do is you want to actually return um, back to your temporary altar or the blessing altar um, for the sacred space clearing ceremony. And at the altar at this time, you want to ask for blessings for all the the occupants of your home, yourself included as well, um, and really, really just take some time to really, really sort of give out those blessings, you know, think about your intentions that you set for your sacred space in your home. So, you know, by offering sort of kind of an invocation, what this does is it draws in um, the positive energy that you desire, and it brings about healing and transformation into the cleared space, you know. And so these are some of the things. So you may want to write an intention statement, an affirmation or invocation um, of, of what you want to have um, brought into the space and asking for those blessings. Here's an example of what you may say. May the divine creator in all things bring blessing and peace for all seen and unseen in this sacred space. May this sacred space, this house, be filled with love and joy and laughter. Ashe. So that's an example of what you may use. Um, it's going to be different for each one of us because we have different experiences, um, different things going on in our lives. So 
whatever that is, make sure that you do sort of kind of uh, fit the needs of yourself and those who may be entering your sacred space or those who you share your sacred space with, too. Um, know that it's going to be a unique intention um, for your ceremony and begin to work from there. So if you want to sort of kind of have that place, maybe the office, you want to fill it with sort of kind of quiet or meditative energy. Um, I have a couple of you that I'm working with now um, where we're doing actually what I like to call sacred space or feng shui readings, and I'm working with you. And you want to have your office or your, um, you want to have the office or place of where you're doing your meditation, and you want to begin to feel it, feel it, feel it, excuse me, with this um, sort of energy. These are some of the things that you begin to tailor this for so that it can fit the needs of not only um, just the people who are in the room, but everything that's in the room. Remember, all of these things are a reflection. It's a mirror of us. And they also hold energy as well, too. So this is the importance of making sure that you have that invocation so that that energy is being resonated in the space, in the sacred space, as you say it so. Just remember, whatever the energy is that you invite, that's going to be the energy that really just sort of kind of comes in to the home. So, you know, it's kind of that ask and you shall receive. Um, and that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And you'll be able to tell a significant difference after you're done. Now, here's the last step. We're certainly not done because we're going to get into some different ways of doing this. But one of the last steps um, that um, can be done is, is really about energizing the space or keeping the space sort of kind of energized. It's a way to sort of kind of preserve the new sort of kind of vibrant energy uh, that you've called into the room. One of the most easiest ways to keep the energy sort of kind of alive and sort of kind of vibrant in the in the room is really through placing live plants, you know, maybe plants or um, you may, if you have fish or small pets that you can, like fish, you can put them in there as well, too. That will do it, too. Those are just two ways that you can begin to do that to keep the energy there. Also, you always want to remember, if you're in a house, I know sometimes for me, um, in my house, sometimes I have to remember to go take my energy into every room of my house at some point in the day. That's also going to keep that energy, that chi, that arit, um, as our ancestors would say, moving through the house, keeping that flow going as well. Now, here's a really neat thing that has been done for a long time that you actually can do um, with plants, and I think it's really cool um, to do as well, too. You can either take some small stones, and you can write power words on the stone, like love and peace and, and joy or whatever you want to write on the stone, um, prosperity, and take a permanent marker and put it on the stone. And you can use these stones to put around your plants put them at the bottom or around your plants. That's one of the ways that you can do it. You're going to place that at the base uh, sort of of the healthy stamp, uh, uh, the healthy plant, excuse me. You can also put symbols on there. So if you can draw, I'm just not a good drawer, but you can draw little symbols on there as well too. Another thing you can do is you can take your intention. You can also take um, 
sort of your affirmation statement and you can write it. I took some of the affirmation statements that me and my daughter made for each one of the rooms and I took it and I buried it inside the base of the plants in the house. And so each time I would go, um, me and her, of watering uh, to water the plants, it was really feeding or helping this energy or this intention, this uh, affirmation come to life. And so that's symbolically uh, a way that you can do that, that will keep energizing that sacred space, that room or that area uh, that you have plants in. So plants are a great, great way um, to to, to do, to keep the energy sort of kind of new and fresh and sort of vibrant. Setting up permanent altars is another way um, to really keep the energy very new and keeping the energy very alive in your home too. So you can also think about putting altars. I know some of you have altars in almost every single one of your rooms and I'm getting there. I have just about an altar just about everywhere, somewhere symbolically of an altar uh, in the rooms in my home as well too. But you want to set up a permanent altar. That's an excellent way for you to do that. So whether you're spending time meditating, you know, um, with your thoughts and your intentions. And once again, this is you sort of kind of connecting with the energy of your home and really just just using your magic, as I call it, as, you know, just helping your magic continue to flow through your house and through your home. So these are the steps. These are the four steps so that you can keep sort of your home filled with sort of that energy of love and joy and peace and happiness, you know, so that everyone who enters, enters into your home, yourself included, it can be that place where you can sort of kind of re-energize yourself, that place where your spirit is uplifted and everyone who comes in sort of becomes more spiritually um, enlightened. So before we continue to go on, because we're actually getting to the end of the first hour here, and then the second hour, we'll go into the different techniques about what you can use um, for sacred space clearing. Let's go back over the steps. We're going to talk about the first one, which was clearing. Um, and that was about the preparation, getting rid of the clutter. It was about cleaning the room. Um, this was the steps where everything must be clutter-free. This is also the step where we began to set up the blessing altar. And then next, what we have is was the clearing process. This is actually where the work um, is getting done. This is when the actual um, sacred space clearing gets done. This is where you work your magic. I always say, know your magic, know your magic, <laughs> know your magic. Um, and don't forget, when you're doing the sacred space clearing, you're going to be moving in the clockwise direction and whatever object you choose to use. And you also want to make sure that you seal the room with the figure eight, um, you know, sealing the room. And then after that, you're going to go to the next step. And the next step is going to be sealing the room, which was the figure eight, excuse me. And then we're going to talk about the energizing part, how to keep the room energized, some of the things we can do. You can add altars in the room. That's one of the greatest ways to keep the room fresh and keep the vibrant energy that you've now sort of kind of put into the room, keep it there. And... Um, also, you can add plants as well, too. Let me back up because I forgot. You're going to do the invocation where you're going to bless all the occupants of the home, seen and unseen for yourself, um, and really um, do that step first. And then you're going to go back and, and do the things that you need to do to keep keep the energy high. We talked about the different times that you can actually 
um, do a sacred space clearing. When is it necessary? Whenever you have that feeling that maybe you need to shift some energy around in your house, it's a great thing to do. So uh, hopefully that was some information you guys can use. We have much, much more to cover. We have not even tipped the iceberg, but we're going to uh, <laughs> we're gonna continue on live in the remix. I'm your host, of course, Miss Blue, and uh, we're talking about sacred space clearing and just how all of these things are connected with you. These are tools that our ancestors left for us. Um, these are these are some of the things that were done, like I said, since the beginning of time, and they're still being done now. And so this is also a part of where we can really begin to step in and own our magic and begin to sort of show that reflection of as above, so below in our very, very sacred space, the space between the outer and the inner world. When you cross that altar coming into your house, beginning to feel that energy that energy that is so true to who you are and sort of what you came to the planet to do. This is the space where you begin um, to raise your vibratory frequency, to raise the astral light in your home so that you can, you can find that place of peace and harmony. So we'll continue here with part two um, with sacred space clearing. Peace. We'll be right back after this.
Thank you guys for joining me here live in the forum. I do want to put this out there for those of you who didn't get a chance to go back and listen to the show um, of the Feng Shui show, ancient, the ancient art of Feng Shui. I encourage you to go back and download that show and get it. And for those of you who did not get to hear the full convince as your inner world, this is a part of your inner world. This is the manifestation. So those drawers in the kitchen, you know, that closet, that bedroom, that hallway, you know, the entranceway, the family room, the kitchen, all of this. Um, all of these things are symbolically the representation of who we are internally and everyone who shares our sacred space with us. And so this is a way that you can take these sessions, especially those of you who have had sessions with me, because we talk about this. And I, I don't think it's, it's very few sessions that I've had that we have not gotten into the sacred space. Component, but this is a way for you to take that and take it one step further. We're about advancement, we're about enlightening ourselves, and this is a way that you can continue to do that. So, I wanted to share it with you guys. It's been very powerful for me, and also it'll be powerful for yourself as well, too, um, just to see the transformation. A lot of you have already been emailing me and Sister Manya and telling me about it. So I do want to let everyone out there know, of course, I do the Oracle readings as well as I do um, the Acoustic Records readings, both of them. If you're interested in finding out more details about it, just email me at question, the word question, 
for the number four, not the word for blue at gmail.com. And you can get all the information there. I will tell you there is a waiting list. There is. And trust me, I'm working as hard and as long as I can, making sure that I keep myself in balance and making sure I keep myself top notch so that I can give the best um, to each and every one of you in each one of those sessions. So if you're interested in getting a reading, um, definitely I would encourage you to email me um, so that you can begin to get, we can connect in our sacred space that way and do that. So they've been life-changing for a lot of other people um, who, who've experienced them, myself included too. So that's to get the info commercial out the way. For those of you who want to contact Brother Panic, um, whether you want to get the book Psychomancy, because a lot of Feng Shui does deal with the psychic. It has a lot to do with science and metaphysics as well. And Psychomancy is excellent for exercising those things of psychic powers, <clears throat> excuse me, which we all possess. And Brother Panic has access to get a copy of that. And for those of you who are interested in really opening up your pineal gland. The herb pack is excellent, as well as he has those baths as well, too. So you can just email him at panic, P-A-N-I-C, pack, P-A-C-K, at hotmail.com to contact Brother Panic for any of those items as well, too. So now that we got the info commercial out the way, we're going to continue to move on. Now, something else that I'm going to be doing, because I'm working on some projects now with a couple of you who are selling your home, we're doing sort of feng shui consultations where I'm helping you sort of kind of get yourself in alignment so that the homes could sell. One has sold. So yay. Feng shui is alive. And I don't even like to call it feng shui, but that's what we now know it. These are just some ancient principles that our ancestors have left for us um, that we're using. And, uh, then some of you are just moving into a new place, and we've sort of did some consultation. So um, you, you're going to give me that feedback, that reflection, and let me know how all of those things are turning out for you moving. And thus, and some of you who are just interested in raising sort of the uh, the energy or causing the chi to flow in your home for whether that be for love or prosperity or whatever it is, and I'm working with you, know that that's available too. So if you're interested in having a reading and you want that to be specifically tailored to those things of your environment, even though it does connect with you, um, you can let Sister Munya know because I am offering a reading. Um, um, really, what I'm calling it is a sacred space reading, a sacred space reading that will tell you about your space. I know some of you got that from me and you didn't ask for it. <laughs> But I'm sorry, just when I pick up those energies about your home, because I know how important that is, um, I, I give that to you as well. So consider that to be a blessing. But if you're interested in that as well, just email me again at question, the number four, blue, at gmail.com, and uh, just let Sister Munya know um, that you're interested in a sacred space reading. And it's going to include those things of yourself because, of course, this is where the reflection is coming from, and talking about sort of some of those cures or those remedies as well. Now, since we're talking about tools, um, we had the brother Gemini come on, you know, Chief Raka, <laughs> that came on and talked about pendulums and chakras and all of these things. What I wanted to let you guys know is that Sister Rainwater, who makes the amazing dream catchers, and if you don't have one of those, you definitely want to get one, but you also want to contact her because a lot of the tools that we'll be talking about, um, she makes as well too, especially when it comes to the pendulums. 
and making copper ones um, that are sort of kind of intertwined with different crystals. So you want to get with Sister Rainwater as well. If you guys um, are on Facebook, she's under Goddess Rainwater, and you can hit her up there to get some of these tools too. So know that it's a lot of brothers and sisters out there, you guys yourself included too, that have some of these tools too. Make sure you kind of get at me, hit me up on Facebook, or leave a note on the Remix um, the Remix family, which is a group page on Facebook, put your information up there so that people know how to get these things. I mean, we're going out to the stores, we're buying them from other people. Why not support each other? So that's a great way to do that. Now, done with the info commercial, let's get on to business. Yes, we're going to be talking about the different tools that we can use for clearing the energy in our sacred space. We talked about in the first part, the steps and how it's going to be done. Now we're going to go into depth about what can be used. We're going to be talking about salt. Salt, 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 salt. Salt is one of the most universal things that I think is being used. It's almost every single indigenous culture, every culture has sort of a, um, I guess, a a kind of a, a connection with salt and using it in purification. And so we're going to talk about the different types of salt and how you can use salt. Now, there are two types of salt that you can use. You can use what's called the rock salt and you can use sea salt. Both of them work. Both of them are good. Both of them are excellent. Now, there are some things that are the same about them, and they also have a few things that are different. The obvious being sea salt. Sea salt is when you want to bring the energy of the water and the ocean with it, you know. So it's effective for you if you're using it in a space, especially when it has a lot to do with emotional healing. So when it comes to those matters of the heart and those things of emotion, salt, sea salt is what you want to use as opposed to using um, rock salt. So that's going to be one of the difference. Now, rock salt, on the other hand, comes from the earth. So it's more grounding in its nature. And this is when you want to sort of incorporate the feeling of balance and sort of integrity. So those things about balance, when it comes to bringing balance in your life, you want to use that. Or maybe you need a combination of both. Maybe it's some emotional things you're dealing with, and then you need to ground yourself. But those are going to be the two differences. Both of them work. Like I said, there's there's no um, wrong or right way. You can either use the sea salt, which is really, really about emotional healing, um, or you can use the rock salt, which incorporates those things of balance. Now, let's talk about how to use it. Here's one of the simpler ways that you can de- use it. You're going to take the salt and you're going to go around the parameters of the room. Of course, you're going to pay attention to the corners. Remember, we talked about the corners. And when we look at our ancestors, notice most of their houses, especially when it's coming from Kemet, um, also coming from the Zulu tribe and also our Native American ancestors, their homes were circular because they believed that in corners, evil lurked. And this is where the stagnant energy tends to fall. So you want to make sure that you pay attention to all of the corners in the room. And then you're going to leave the salt in place for at least mm, 
at least 24 hours. And the reason you're doing that is because you're going to give it time to fully absorb and sort of kind of cleanse the energy. So you're going to leave the salt there for 24 hours. So after that, after the 24 hours, of course, you're going to clean it all up. Now, here's something. If you have small children or maybe pets, you want to think about this. But what you actually can do is you can leave just a little bit of salt in those corners. And that's just going to really, really help to, um, it's going to act as sort of an energy booster in the room. So to help to boost the, the astro energy in the room. So you can leave just a little bit in the corners. That's one of the ways that you can actually use salt. Now here's a method. I kind of was doing some research on just how our ancestors use salt. And this is, uh, <laughs> this was one of the ways that was said, you know, didn't find a whole bunch of concrete information on it, but this is one of the ways that it was said. Um, but you can actually try this if you want, if you have a need for this, what you can do, and here's how it goes. You take some salt, you can take sea salt, and you can put it in a frying pan and put it over a fire um, or on the stove. Now, if you're the person that's holding it, what you're going to begin to do is you're going to say um, sort of that mantra for yourself that you want to clear sort of kind of negative energy or negative spirits out of your home. You'll sort of kind of come up with that mantra, that um, sort of invocation to do that. And you're going to begin to ask for the bad spirits to go away while you're heating up the pan. Now, it's, it's, you can't be afraid when the salt starts jumping around because it's going to be jumping around out the pan. Some say they even begin to hear voices and people talking and things saying you can't. Don't turn around. Don't get distracted. You're just going to keep focused on holding that frying pan there, saying your positive affirmation or saying your invocation of what you want to happen, asking for the bad forces to go and for the good forces to begin to fill your home. So as you're holding it and the salt, you're going to do this until the salt doesn't jump anymore, until you don't hear any more strange voices or noises until everything is gone. You're not going to pay attention to that. You're going to stay focused on what you're doing. And then once all the salt has stopped and all the voices have gone away and you don't see anything crazy anymore, then what you're going to do, you know that the cleaning, for one, has been completed because everything stopped. And so now all the bad sort of kind of forces are gone and the good forces are coming in. And then you're going to take the frying pan, you'll take it and you'll take the salt and you're going to flush it down the toilet. Now, at the same time that you're flushing it down the toilet, you're also going to be um, asking that those bad spirits go away that have come where they came from. You're asking them to return. So that's a, that's a salt clearing. So if you feel that you have sort of some bad sort of forces in your house or bad energy, that's a way to do it. Now, I'm going to give you some information here, and I want you guys to think about this. Doing sacred space clearing without taking care of some of the prereq steps, such as cleaning and also getting rid of the clutter, it's kind of like getting ready to go somewhere, getting all dressed up, having a new outfit, having the perfect escort, you know, the perfect brother to come pick you up, and having on dirty panties and under and, and under 
undergarments. It's like having dirty panties on and getting all dressed up. They just don't go together. So it's important. I, I know that's kind of drastic, but I wanted to make sure that you guys know that you can't jump these steps like this. You can, but it's not going to be as effective for you. So you do want to go back and do the beginning work first before you begin to get into this clearing out the energy. It is important to make sure you have those clean, clean undies on as your, as your mother say, my mother used to always say that, you know, you make sure you have clean undies on. So that's a good way of, of just keeping that thought in mind. So I know we get in a hurry and some people have emailed me and said, I just want to know what I need to do to clear the energy. Okay. Well, did you do the first two steps? Because that's, what's going to make it more powerful is doing those steps there. Okay. Just wanted to throw that in. So that's another way that you could actually use salt. Now, the Zulus, the Zulu tribe, um, use salt, and this is according to Credo Matwa, uh, I believe that's how you say his name, use salt for a lot of different things. One of the things that they did, they believed that salt, as many of our ancestors did, was a great purifier. And by taking sort of these elemental things of water and salt and sort of kind of mixing them together um, as a spray, and spraying them nine times, this is what they would do. One time for every moon um, that the baby, because this is for when, when, when you're clearing a space where a baby is, that the baby is actually into the wound, um, into the area being cleared. You know, if, if, if no salt or water was available, what they would actually do, and I thought this was kind of really interesting, they would actually burn. They would take plants. Plants are burned. And the ashes, which will have some salt residue, they would use it. So if you have a new baby coming into the home and you want to clear this space, you can use sort of what the Zulu tribe did. And you can take part salt, part water, put it, spray it nine times. This is going to be symbolic for every moon cycle that the baby is in the womb and to clear the energy. Same thing. You want to make sure you go through the steps that we talked about as well, too. So let's see what else we can do with salt. Now, I also want to let you guys know this, too. Here are some things that you can instantly do as we continue. We're going to talk about salt, what you can do. But what if you stay in a place and maybe you sort of agree to do this, but maybe others that you share your home with or that you occupy your sacred space are not, they're not in agreement with this or they just don't agree with this. Here, here's some things that you can do. These are going to be things that you can immediately do. And what this is going to do, it's going to raise the energy level in your home. One of them is to give your home a, a surface cleaning, really just cleaning, cleaning, cleaning everything on the surface. That's one of the things you can do. The other things you can do is put out fresh flowers. Um, once a week, I always go and get fresh flowers, me and my daughter, and we put them out. That's another way you can do it. Light candles. Is something that we do as well, too. Um, also, burn some incense and essential oils. The smell, I cannot tell you, is so, so key and sacred space clearing as well. Put on some inspiring, uh, uh, inspiring music, you know, music that makes you feel good, whatever that is. It doesn't matter about the genre, but just put on some music. Um, you know, you can also, um, you can also get rid of, um, of anything that's dying in your home. If you have plants 
that are dying or plants that are dead, you want to just sort of kind of get rid of them um, or, or get them in the condition. If they have dead leaves on them, you want to begin to take those leaves off, cut those leaves off and get it back in its healthy state. If you have any negative photos or paintings, you know, we talked about shape shifting to really connect with the energy in the home. Maybe there's a picture that make you feel negative for whatever reason. You want to take those things down. You want to put them away. Um, these are some things that you can do immediately uh, to begin to invoke sort of that uplifting energy in your home. You can also, you know, give an affirmation statement and sing it throughout every single room in your house, and that will help as well, too. So now let's talk about incense, how you can begin to use incense. Incense themselves really have sort of this spiritual connection anyway. Um, you know, one of the things about incense is that we know that um, sort, of, sort of messages to the unseen travel on the path of smoke, you know, the blessings and, and sort of those answers are returned. Um, via that smoke. And this is why a lot of times in movies you see sort of whenever the genie comes out, you see the smoke and, and sort of this type of thing. But incense are something that you can use. Um, they have a lot to do with that spiritual connection, really of the energy showing the flow. And you can use incense for your sacred space clearing as well. The smoke is really symbolic in the incense because it rises upward. And really, this is really sort of symbolic of showing immediate sense of peace and completion. And so incense really helps with that as well, too. Um, they come in many different scents. It's best to use something of a natural scent. That's going to work best. And I'll give you some examples here as well, too. So what you're going to do is same thing. You'll go back to your blessing altar. You'll get your incense and you'll light it, um, making sure that you have sort of your intention, your invocation for the particular room that you're in. You're going to follow those steps the same way. You're going to walk around the room. If you're in just your room, you want to make sure the door is closed. Um, so you'll walk around the room with the incense. Um, making sure to go into all the different areas, paying attention to the corners. You may want to have one or two incense, um, more than one or two in your hand, excuse me, until the room is sort of kind of covered in a haze. You're going to also go and you're going to do the figure eight again to seal the room once you're done. And then just sort of as the you're in the midst of everything, the incense in the room, Simply close your eyes and really just imagine and really begin to speak those words of life into the room that you're in and really what is your intention for that particular room and the energy that you're calling forth in that particular room. Once you're done, you're going to open up all of the windows and you're going to allow all of the smoke from the incense to be blown away throughout the house, throughout the door, throughout the room, um, really symbolically of taking away all of the negative energy and leaving all of the intention energy to be left. So after all the smoke has cleared, then the positive energy is there. And then on your way out the room, it's a good idea. Whenever I use incense, I go back with my bell. And I seal the room once more and then just follow the steps from there. Some good incense that you can use is going to be cedar, frankincense, myrrh, patchouli, 
uh, sage, and also sandalwood. Those are going to be really, really good for you to use. You can also use resins as well, too, to do this as well, too, and also with crystals. I know when Sister um, Rainwater sent me my um, dream catcher, she also sent me the charcoal as well as some um, some um, herbs to burn uh, as well, too, with crystals in it. So all of these things are really, really um, an excellent tool for you to begin to use and continue to use um, as you're doing your sacred space clearing. Now, how you can use a crystal or you can use a stone, one of the ways that you can do is either on your blessing altar, you can create a medallion using different crystals and stones, really taking into consideration their properties, what each one of them stand for and what are um, and what you'll be invoking the energy from. And so even if you don't use it, but just by having it there and making the medallion, it is going to invoke that energy um, throughout the sacred space while you're doing your space clearing. So now talking about the different candles you can use. Candles really, I mean, throughout the years um, and centuries, candles are really that metaphor for life. And so candles, the flame of the candle um, really serves as sort of the power, a powerful focus of intention and also meditation. Um, it can also help to activate. You can think of it this way. So that the candle helps to activate your inner fire or your inner um, arit or your life force or your chi. Um, the energy within you. And some of the colors you may want to think about, um, the color white in choosing candles for spiritual blessings and purity, um, also for healing and rest. You can use sort of the color green and green for prosperity, for business, for steady work, for good crops, and also for money. Uh, yellow, yellow can be used as well too, symbolic of gold even, um, using that for, cheer, for cheerfulness and also attraction and devotion. And the color red, of course, for affection and passionate and uh, love. And the color pink, um, it's for romance, it's for clean uh, living, and also for attractions. And so all of these different colors, orange as well too, so you can do that. Um, orange you can light for change of plans, sort of the opening of the way um, as well too. So all of these different colors, the blue, light blue for peace and harmony, joy and kindly intentions. And also for um, dark blue, um, really, really helping to get rid of those things of depression and also moodness, uh, moodiness and also unfortunate circumstances. You can begin to use all of these different colors for that and um, um, really, really bringing um, these colors together and lighting these candles in your home when you're doing, you know, feng shui. One of the candles that I would recommend that you use, I use soy-based candles. For me, because they don't really leave the smut um, when you light candles and the smut sometimes tends to just fall and leave residue in the room. So I use soy-based candles, but really you can use any candles, beeswax candles, also uh, burn a lot softer and also smoother as well, too. And so you can also consider whether or not you want to incorporate scents with your candles, because that's always good to do, too. Some of the scents that you want is sort of rosemary, the lemons, 
um, the eucalyptus uh, as well as um, pine is also good. All of these are very, very purifying um, sort of uh, scents, a sense, sense that you can use with candles. So you can either have the candle on your, your altar.